means we are live. Oh, God. Hello, Hi. ladies, gentlemen, uh, whatever you want to identify as. Um, welcome to episode 119 of You Watch, I Listen. Hello. Taylor, Hello. how's it going, buddy? It's going okay. It's yeah. nice, nice to be co-host again. I have to deal with that shit. <laughs> you should have seen him, Josh. When um, And welcome back, Josh. Yes, um, cares? When uh, we finished recording and Taylor was like trying to figure out how to save it properly, he was fucking shaking. He's like, I'm going to lose the file. I'm going to lose the file. <laughs> because like, cause, like, you lost like a half hour of audio. Okay. I would lose the entire episode, Dude, which like, I've done before. Like the last episode of Madness. Oh. Yeah, no, in the, pit, in the pit. In the pit. Yeah, when it was me and Ralph on, you recorded with us. Well, I'll say I, the audio still exists on my Alienware somewhere. We should try retrieving that just to hear how much of a fucking mess it is. We'll just pull out the fucking hard drive. It's actually pretty good. Like, it got to a point where, like, Dan kept talking and Ralph looked at him and goes, it's not your show, Shut, dude. Shut up. I know. And I, I, well, I had to. China. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> Josh, welcome back. How are you? I am okay. You're tired. You're a sleepy you boy. You got some color, huh? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, you got the nice sunburn from the sunglasses That's you sent awesome. us the picture of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you were in Wildwood for the week. Uh, anything fun down there? I know you had uh, the one uh, interaction, not even interaction, the people you saw that had uh, their wonderful flags up. Yes, uh, I saw a person. Uh, woman, man, person. Yeah, TV. I was gonna say woman, man, camera, TV. Yeah, uh, he was wearing a SS mask, so you know, yeah, you good, know, good, preventing COVID, but not preventing racism. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait yeah. was it in like the font and everything? Yeah, it was a legit it. one. Like Hold it would have came off the the Third Reich's website. Yes, yes. And <laughs> Third Reich has a website. They should. Yeah, they uh, three percenters <laughs> tattoo right here. Nice. What, yeah. what a nice guy. So you yeah. see that guy and you go the other way. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly I what I did. I that guy is no. What good. was uh, your wife's reaction? to seeing that. Uh, she didn't know what the three percenter thing was, but... Then you uh, explained it? Yeah. Well, thank God for Sasha Baron Cohen crashing their three percenter rally and trolling them. We don't deserve well, Sasha Well, see, that's, that's... We really don't. That's the wonderful thing about New Jersey is that... Yeah, wonderful and bad thing is that it's very diverse. Yeah. At one second, uh, one second you'll have Crips, Bloods, Swastikas, Nazis, MS13, MS13, and then a bunch of white people. Yeah, so, a bunch of white people. Um, did, what was your favorite part? What was your favorite part of your trip? Do you have one? The food? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. How many did you have in the week you were gone? Uh, not that many. I only had like five. Did you go okay. to Wiener Hut? No, I didn't go to Wiener oh, Hut. Oh, Wiener Hut's uh, the best. I texted Groha asking him if he wanted to come on this week because um, he watched uh, the movie I gave you this week as well. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually on vacation. And I was like, oh, where'd you go? He goes, I'm taking a Josh vacation. Wildwood. Nice. <laughs> so, I was texting him last night about the movie. And I, okay. was, I was like, you know, you're more than welcome because he's weird with football. Yeah, yeah. He won't go anywhere by anybody's house to watch football because he's, no. he's an angry mess. I've never Except watched football. when he came to Gary's house. That's uh, Yeah, and I wasn't there. That's, I've never watched football with that, Justin. Dude, that's, that's, that's the only time. The uh, other than the the couple of Super Bowls, which I guess is a little bit different because there's no Cowboys involved. I, you know what? I think he came I, to our place when uh, the Cowboys were on a bye week. He might have come over on a Sunday. He, he won't do it if the Cowboys are playing at four o'clock. He won't. He won't do it, dude. It ruins his whole. Like it, it's legitimately ruins his whole day. Yeah, I feel bad about it. I've watched it a handful of times. Like I wasn't at his house when the Cowboys beat the Lions in the playoffs. Okay. But, he posted a video, and oh he, yeah, 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 his entire family, his Screaming. entire family is at the house. You would have thought they won the Super Bowl. It was the wild card week, and they were losing their minds. And it was the next week when Des didn't catch it, right? Yes. <laughs> and I think the exact words were, "Fuck you, mom! I don't deserve this." 
<laughs> well, it's so funny how you say it ruins Justin's entire day. You've been with me. It ruins like an hour for me where I'm miserable. Well, yeah, when you sent I'll, the picture and, of you just you took all your Dolphins gear off, I'll, which I'll just, I assumed you were wearing. There was also times where they, I, before I was living with you, where they lost, and I would just leave. I would like forget shit. I forgot my wallet one time. You, you left your wallet at the house. Uh, you walked out on a bar tab because of the Dolphins lost. That was an accident. I didn't mean to walk out on it the was bar a fake, tab. It was the fake spike for a touchdown against the Packers. I remember. Yeah. We were I, house. I remember being so mad because I was screaming about Joe Philbin because they had a fucking four-point lead with two minutes left, and he was calling timeouts as the Packers were driving. I'm like, why are you stopping the clock for him? You don't call timeouts with the lead. And the fucking Broncos pissed me off with that in the first half oh, this past just, week. Just, just we'll get to that later. Um, we got a lot of fun stuff today. Um, I'm going to be reviewing ACDC's Let There Be Rock. And I'm reviewing the Netflix original I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Uh, this episode 119 of You Watch, I Listen. Be right back. The You Watch, I Listen podcast starts now. Had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck yeah. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. What did he do wrong? It's time for the You Watch, I Listen podcast. And always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Yeah, we're going right, now. We had, we had a little bit of a hiccup there. Uh, welcome back. Episode 119, You Watch, I Listen. Um, cool week. I had a good week, Taylor. Um, I started my job, so I'm pretty pumped about that. It's been really cool so far. Big change. Um, yeah, notice like when I, when I genuinely want to be nice to you, I side text you. I don't put it in a Yeah, you side texted me. Actually, I was happy. A lot of people reached out, which is really cool to see. Um, it was funny. The night before, I got like a little anxious and nervous, and then I was like afraid like day of I was going to... A lot of people have that. When you start a new job, you're just the first day, you're kind of like, oh shit, oh shit. Hey, what the fuck's going on? I walked in like, fuck, I felt super calm, I felt confident, and it's been going really well. I'm really excited about this opportunity, so. Well, I think that's how you know it's kind of a good fit already. Yeah. Like you're not on edge already. Yeah, dude, and the days I'm down by you, we'll meet up for fucking lunch or something and shit, because yeah, I'm maybe. literally, I mean, I'm going to be down by, I mean, I'll be close to you too, Josh, so. Well, I'll say, well, I'll let me know, because. Ruts up. Yeah. Well, let, well, let me know next week, because I'm off, I took well, last week off I completely. think next, actually, I think tomorrow, they're actually already comfortable letting me go out by myself, which is pretty cool. Well, since um, you closed the sale already. Yeah, oh, God. Ex- exactly. I almost burned the microphone. <laughs> Turn my mic on! God damn so, it. Uh, Taylor, how was your week? Uh, it was fine. There wasn't really much going on. Um, I am balls deep in Bloodborne, dude. Yes, you were, it was funny. We were talking about last week, before we started recording, about that game and how difficult it is. And then literally the next day, you tweet, yo, Bloodborne's fucking wild. Dude, It's it was 35 bucks. It was the Game of the Year edition, so it came with the DLC for free. Oh, dude, it was free on PS- PlayStation. Wasn't it free it's, a few months ago on PlayStation? So I, I've played the Dark Souls games. It's a, it is a bit of a carbon copy, but there's a different play style. The big thing, the big difference between the Dark Souls franchise and Bloodborne is that Bloodborne is better. Okay, uh, that's everything I've heard as well. So, you know, our boy Evan is a big fan of Bloodborne, and he raves about it. Dude, so it's, it's, it, it bl- seems like an Evan game. It's immediately, like within a week of playing and dying over 100,000, 
thousand times, it's catapulted up into like my top five and favorite th- games ever. And it's so funny, like the difference in our patience because like I have far more patience with movies and I have no patience with fucking video games you would like hate that. It. No, I tried playing it when it was free. I was like, let me give this a shot, and I played for about an hour. I'm like, I don't think this is for me, and I'm surprised Josh didn't really get into that. Josh, did you played Bloodborne at all? You said you got like annoyed by it. Yeah, it was not really my kind. Of well, because it drops you in and it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, I was so, like, I was like, all right, maybe I can get into this, and then I got my ass kicked for an hour, and I'm like, this is not fun for me. But if you have the patience to like build and learn, and I guess you have to learn like every little thing about it so as it goes on, it, it's all patterns. Yeah, so, that's exactly what I mean. And, yeah. the, and the other thing too is that like like the first area of uh, Central Yarnham, which is uh, the main you know where the story takes place. Okay. Um. It's a great place to farm. What's like the equivalent to souls? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. They're called blood echoes. So you know, if I'm down a couple echoes to upgrade my guy, I go back to the original spot, and I I've figured that place out, front to back, top to bottom. I could run it no problem. Okay. And I just farm souls, and I do that for about an hour. Then I upgrade my guy, then I move on to the next thing. Okay. Um, I I have looked at guides for certain with help with certain bosses, but for the most part, I'm kind of just figuring things out on I, my I own. I know that game's fucking huge too. It's massive. Um, so I looked up, right? I, I looked up like you know how far I was in the game. Uh, <laughs> you I, haven't dented it because I beat a certain boss, and I, I thought I I played it for a week, and I'm like I probably put a solid dent in. It. I looked maybe twenty five percent. I had f- I beat four bosses in a week. Right? Okay, how many are there? Thirty. Thirty. Okay, so you haven't even dented it yet. I'm not. I'm maybe not even. I'm less than ten percent. Very Dude, well. You know, you know what? You're going to have something to play for a while. That's a game that requires a lot of patience. I'm also going to make a commitment on the next-gen consoles, which we're going to talk about later. Whenever they do release a new Elder Scrolls game, I'm going to play it, and I'm going to commit yeah. to it. Good. I'm going to give it a shot because I'm like, you know what? I've, I've delved out a little bit more into games like that in the last year or so. I'm like, let me give it... I'm going to give it a, a fucking college try and try to be patient with it and, and be patient to the point where you get good... I think the whole thing is like, it takes a while to actually feel like you're good at the game. Yeah. And that's where I lose my patience because... Because I want to be like, all right, I got this, and now just the upgrades are going to make me better. With a game like Elder, any of the Elder Scrolls games, it takes you a while to really get the hang of it and get good and understand what you got to do to be excellent at uh, it. Un- right? Unless you've played like previous ones, like which the- I haven't. Well, I like, played a little bit, of right? It. Well, yeah. like so, me, like I, I was already good at Skyrim before I even played it because uh, Oblivion, was Oblivion, very close to it. Yeah. But there were certain, you know, obviously there's a learning curve. But it's like something with Bloodborne, it's a steep learning curve. Unless you've played Dark Souls before, unless you've played any type of sandbox uh, AAA title like that, you really, I don't even know what those words mean. It just sounds cool for my GM. <laughs> but like, it, that's what they called it. Um, I'm. This is not my style of game. This is not the way I play a game. I run in guns blazing all the time. Yeah, you yeah. know me. You played Left 4 Dead with me, and I left you. I know. I left you well, high and dry. Dude, in World War Z, too. It's like, all right, we got to stick together. And Taylor's like, oh, dude, I found this over here. I found and a then, chainsaw. Then, then two seconds later, he's like, oh, dude, come revive me. Yeah. Like, that, 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 that's, that's just how I always played. But, um, you know, you need patience. You, it, yeah. There's so much lore to it. You said, I know I really like it. I've listened to podcasts about it. That's I've, weird. I've, I've listened. There's like, podcasts about a game? Dude, or it's, I guess, an episode about a game? Dude, no, it's like. It's, it's a whole Bloodborne podcast? Yes, because there's so much lore and there's so much backstory. It's such an HP Lovecraft like, yeah, uh, like I, love I, letter to the it. The little bit I played, it's very HP Lovecraft feeling. Yeah. So but. and it's, it has a legit cult following behind it. Oh, I believe so. that. Speaking of HP Lovecraft, you hear the news about um, the guy from Lovecraft Country. Yeah, he's gonna be playing uh King the Conqueror in Ant Man Three. Yeah. And I guess he's gonna have a bigger role in the whole MCU. Yeah, because that's that's a weird movie for him to just be the villain of. So I'm gonna well, run with the assumption I, that he's going to be like the next 
or at least one of the next big villains. Yeah, what I read was that he isn't going to be Thanos in this next phase. He's going to be more like Loki, which is a big role to fill. It is. You got to be kind of iconic, and you have to be uh, almost like an anti-hero, which Loki did perfectly. You went from hating him but liking him to liking him, but then realizing you have to hate him, and then ending up you liked the character so much when he died finally, you're like, shit, Loki's gone. That guy's a great, great actor. Um, I I actually, Lovecraft Country, we'll we'll talk about that later. I'll save that, but um, Josh, we already kind of talked, but how was your week overall? It was good. It was good. Vacation was nice and relaxing. Yep. You had a good weather week. Besides, I think you had like one rainy day down there. One and a half, kind of. One and a half. And would you just stay in those days or? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, watch the normal hotel room fair, you know, TBS. Uh, so I got a lot of American Dad and fucking friends in. Okay. And ha- can, American Dads can be pretty fun. The early seasons are really funny. Yeah. Um, now, friends, I have a love-hate relationship with. Yeah. Because there's some friends. stuff. No, I, honestly, I would say I lean more towards really liking it. But there's sometimes. Where it's an episode that they played so many times, I'm like, I can't watch this. Well, you've seen it a thousand. Yeah, times. Yeah, I've seen right. it a thousand times, but it's a it's an iconic sitcom. But um, all right, why don't we get into our reviews from last week? Um, do you want me to go first? Because I feel like we're gonna have a lot to talk about with the movie. We sure are. All right, so you gave me ACDC's "Let There Be Rock." Um, you've been giving me a bunch of classic rock lately, and this time you gave me a band that you and I have had dis- disagreements on through the years. Yes. Um, I've I've told you how I admire ACDC because I think it's incredible that a band could be last as long as they have. Be as iconic as they have, transcend generations like they have, and only play three notes. And so on this album, um, I went into it fully expecting to hate it um, because I didn't want to say that outright because I didn't want you to think if I shit on it. I was just wanting to hate it. Kind of had a feeling. Uh, um, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I, I, I'm very, very indifferent. It started out, and I really, really liked it. Uh, the opening song, Go Down, is awesome. That's a fucking banger. That's a party song, man. Yeah. I was like, I want to drink when I listen to this and like fucking drop some fucking ecstasy. It's like and, some old school 70s shit. You want to start throwing bottles and yeah, shit? Yeah, badass song. Really good song. Uh, the next song, Dog Eat Dog, good song. Gave that a three. I liked it. Um, the next song was probably, next to Go Down, was my favorite one, Let There Be Rock. Um, that's my favorite song. It, it's a really cool paced song, and I I like how on the verse it's just bass. You just hear it's a very simple bass line, but it's a cool little walk that he's doing. Yeah. Um, and it's a really good song. And then after that is where the album starts to take a little bit of a turn for me. I didn't hate anything, but everything else got twos. There was one three in there. Um, and the biggest problem I had, it's where I realized that why I don't, I, I figured out exactly why I don't like ACDC much. It's because they're very formulaic. They, they have a formula that works. It's proven. But all their choruses are repetitive. They just say the same thing. And I didn't even really think about that. There's no, like, real structure to it. When you think about it, like, um, it, it's just very basic. It's... Um, what is it? Bad boy boogie, bad boy boogie. They say the same thing over and over again. I gave that a two. Problem Child I found incredibly repetitive. I like the music on it. My biggest complaint on it, though, was a two-minute outro of music that you think is just going to fade out eventually, never and it does. doesn't. It never does. <laughs> so that was a two. Overdose was a two. Um, Hell Ain't a Bad Place was a good song. A bad, bad place to be, excuse me. That was a three. I like that one. And A Whole Lot of Rosie was the same thing. It's, a whole it's, lot of Rosie it, rules, it, it's, I, that one. It was just another instance of it being a little too repetitive for me, and you know how, like, we've, I've told you I praise albums sometimes when one song bleeds into the other, mm. but I think in this case, when the music all sounds the same and there's no real theme to it, that's where it loses me a little bit. So it was very uneven because it started out, I was like, holy shit, I like this a lot. And I added four songs from here on a seven-track album. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty good, or eight-track album. That's 50%. I like the songs. It was like 40 minutes or something Yeah, like yeah, 40 minutes. Short. Musically, very good. They're a very, very good band. Um, you, you know, they don't do anything wild. Some of the guitar solos are great, obviously, but... Drums don't do anything crazy. Um, on Let There Be Rock, the bass line's great. But it's nothing 
overly it's not out there when you think about the music like we did recently with Led Zeppelin which is incomparable Pink Floyd which is one of the most iconic and influential bands of all time to this which it does have its place in being iconic and influential but for me it doesn't hit the same buttons that it does sure um, so I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five because while I did really like the first half the second half it's just one of these bands that you know doesn't fully there's some stuff that really clicks but I think it's the more I listen to it and maybe if the album was structured differently which is what I wondered if they put a song that I didn't love first maybe I'd feel differently and the songs I loved later I wouldn't like them as much sure. I think it's one of those things where I found I also I did like it more when I str- I listened to it in like bits and pieces like two songs here two songs there and that's when I realized maybe I maybe it, I was right all along and that ACDC just isn't one of those bands that jive with me and there's certain classic rock bands that just don't jive with people Josh isn't a big Beatles fan I'm sure there's one out there that I'm th- I, I can't name for you that you're not a huge fan of but you know, I'm, the big one is Pearl Jam Pearl Jam well I'm talking like more classic classic rock kind of thing I, mean, but, I really don't have one ah no Jethro Tull Jethro them. Tull I, I like Jethro Tull but I that's the thing um, I, I like they're a unique band in there but they're not a band I love but I like them what um, you need so, a flute in your band for fuck it's off. different it's different yeah, so what Yellow Card had a fucking had a, and had I, a I, like, I, like, I like that it about was, Yellow Card it was cool a flute was pretty cool when? especially if you saw them do it live he was fucking pretty badass with the flute oh I don't give a shit that's true alright so I'm gonna give ACDC's Let There Be Rock a two and a half out of five come on Lazy get the bone you fucking put it underneath there you'll get there it there you go alright uh, so you gave me uh, I'm thinking of ending things with uh, Jesse no I don't even know Jesse Plemons yeah, Todd Clemens. from Breaking Bad um, I forget the chick's name. Her name is Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley, and then uh, I really didn't know anybody else. In this Tony movie. Collette. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. And uh, the one guy is uh, Lupin from Harry Potter, the one that played uh, Tony he Collette's was. husband. He's Lupin was, from I'm, Harry the Potter. The entire time I'm watching, I'm yeah. like, why the fuck do I know this guy? I only had that clarified for me by the landlord, oh, FYI. I only remembered him when he turned into a fucking werewolf. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let's start from the top, right? Uh Fuck this movie, man. <laughs> uh, and, and and it's not it's not for the fact that it's a bad movie because it's far from it. Yeah, it's a sure. very it's a very good movie. Its movie is so exhausting. It's and it, awkward. It's, and it's very just, bizarre and a- awkward is a great way to describe it. Exhausting. It's weird because it, there's only one real big moment, uh, or uh, I would say stretch in the movie. That a lot is happening, and I was yeah. still exhausted. It was so it, they didn't really do that good of a job. Like, I mean, when I say they didn't do that good of a job, is that like, unless you seek this out and you know what you're lo- and you know what you want, and you know what you're looking for, this is the movie for you. If you're just like, oh, I'll put this on, oh, any no normal shot. person will put this on within ten minutes. They'll be like, what the fuck? They'll be like, what the fuck am I watching? Um. So the one thing I will say was before I read the article, I had already figured out. A good sixty percent of the movie. Okay. It, it, my big issue with it, especially with this, some stuff like this, is that people try to get too cute. Yeah. Like Denver at the goal line, get too fucking yeah, cute. Yeah. And you know they try to be this. It tries to be so ambiguous and like, yeah, oh, yeah, look yeah. at all this, all artsy, you know, artsy, artsy, fartsy nonsense. And it's like, just tell a fucking story. And I understand that they did it in a particular way that's that's far from the norm. Yeah. But this particular instance where it felt like this guy just got. Uh, what's his name? Kaufman? Charlie Kaufman. Well, Kaufman it, it is based a, on a book. I understand. Yeah. That. What I'm saying is, I think he just got a little too cute. And this is. I could see that. You know what I mean? In a book form, 
I see it, it would make a little more sense to me because it's elongated sentences. Sure. You could pick. You well, could and you could be a little more direct as right. well, which the book is more direct um, in how it specifically describes the, the third act, the last bit in the movie when they get to the school. Right. So the biggest thing I want to say that I had, I figured out initially about halfway through the movie was that uh, not Jesse. Oh, the landlord's here. Okay. Oh. Her, yeah, there you go. Um, hi, I, landlord. I, hi, landlord. How are you? Um, I forget the guy's name. Um, J- J- Jake? Jake yeah, was yeah. his name? Yeah. So about halfway through the movie, I figured that, that Jake was really the janitor. Okay. And this is all a fantasy he's playing in his Yeah, head. that one was kind of like, after you see like about 30 to 40 minutes of the movie and you keep seeing him going to this janitor, you're like, all right, I think that's what that is. So uh, that but was my... question what she is. Well, that was my whole thing was like, well, what's the significance of the janitor? And again, I, I was affirmed to me when, um, what the I can't remember the girl's name, but when she goes down in the basement. Well, she had like 90 different names in the movie. Well, again, so her name keeps changing. Every time Every time she gets a phone call, it's Louise, then yeah. Louisa, then Yvonne. There's mm-hmm. so many different names in this movie. Um, but when she goes down in the basement and goes, oh, you know, just throw the nighty in the fucking in yeah, the thing yeah. and that, you know, you'll sleep in that or whatever. And she's pulling out his, uh, his janitor, janitor outfit. Uniform. Yeah. And I'm like, well, he... This Jake isn't a janitor, but that must be that Jake. Yeah, yeah. So again, is this a flashback? Is it like a memory kind of thing? And how you said about how her name kept changing, and she was getting phone calls from her, like her own her name friend. on there, her friend, but it was the same name, and then the yeah. name was changing. And there's other little things. So the thing I picked up on about midway through the house, when she get they get to the house, which I thought was so incredibly well filmed, the way they did all that, how they kept aging differently. Tony Collette went from looking older to younger to then really old. Yeah. I thought that was very well done. It was very... Uh, I was sitting there like, what the fuck? If I dropped acid and watched it, I'd be tripping the fuck yeah. out. But um, there were some things there where you they saw the dog, right? And the dog's acting weird. You go up into the room, and the dog's urn is there with ashes. So I'm like, okay. And there was a picture on the wall that looked like her in his parents' house. And it was like, no, it's me. Yes. And then when you, when you, that's when you see it's her initially. It's like, no, it's me. It so flashes back, it's him. Then I pieced together, and I said to the landlord, I said, what if they're the same person? Yeah. I was like... They're, but you're questioning it the whole time, which I think is a testament to like the misdirection. And you have to be very, you have to be very in tune to this movie. Like I told you, like if you played Madden and watch it, you'd be fucking confused as all hell. I watched it with, the, I watched it fully, and I was and, still fucking. Confused. And so imagine if you were like half tuning out. Um, and so I told you when I when it came out, I watched it that night. Landlord went to bed. I watched it again after reading that article that kind of explained it more so I could have... I knew where the chess pieces were to fully understand what he was trying to do. And while I liked it a lot the first time, the second time I had a great appreciation for it, for the storytelling he went. And as you said, it does get a little cute, especially in the third act. It's very artsy-fartsy, but I appreciate the... um, It's like direct ambiguity to it because it's ambiguous, but it's very direct in what it's trying to do. And it, it, it was weird. It hit a weird emotional chord with me especially as it unraveled yeah i just i i didn't i didn't buy it like again i i, I can't stand when people get too cute like that sure. it's like when you try to be oh look at, i'm so smart look yeah at me. it's, I'm a, it's I don't, a, dude, it's, just enough i said to josh before you got here I, I said i would be shocked if you like this i said this is a movie made for people like me and grow how yeah like this is one where we sit here and we're like fascinated by the directions they take uh, i find it yeah, a, uppity cunts yeah no absolutely it's a very uppity cunt movie um i appreciate ambition like that and sometimes even for me ambition like that can sorely miss like this movie makes wes anderson look less hipster than i've ever the problem is every wes anderson movie looks like that (laughs) i'm just saying like um no no i get i get what you're saying so Um, i was like my final grade honestly it gets a three okay um you know obviously 
I, I'd be remiss to say it's not ambitious. I understand well, what, what he's trying to do. I get it. Listen, the I, acting I thought was fantastic. The, the dialogue I thought was very well written, especially the scenes in the car where they're talking. From from episode 34 till episode 119 right now, my first episode till right now, I've, I, I do have a better appreciation of shit like this, yeah. so I understand it. But the, again, it's all what I like, what I'm of looking course, for. Of course, of course, absolutely. Um, ironically, the part in the movie I liked the most was Oklahoma. I th- that end. was so well done at the end. Yeah, and I well, like the, the whole ballet part was very weird to me. But then when I when it, so when, it, when you sent me the article and I read about it, okay, it makes a lot of sense because you know he's watching these because he's a high school janitor. He's watching these high school kids perform all these musicals, yeah. and it, that was another thing that kind of like. The dialogue, the way in which it was written, and some of the stuff that Jesse Clemens says, kind of put things into perspective. So, like in the beginning of the movie, when when she pick when she gets picked up by by Jake, her boyfriend, it's like you're constantly in the back of her head. I'm thinking of many things. I'm I know. Of many and, things. and and the other big thing, the biggest tell to me was she's saying her poem right yeah. from Wood. She's yeah, she's reciting the poem that she had wrote, and she's staring directly at the camera. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, this that's the old guy. Picturing, she's saying it directly. Correct, to him. and I like yeah. how that. I like. I liked how they revealed all that. That it was like he met. He met this girl once, and he imagined this is what their life would have looked like together. And um, the, the you know the dialogue I mentioned, where they have that whole conversation about the the classic movie, and it's basically him describing himself. And she was she was great because she broke her accent in that. She did basically the whole dialogue from that movie. Yeah. Um. Then she changed actresses in the middle of it. She was the the woman that was on that TV show the janitor was really watching. Yeah. It was, it was really uh, I, I like bizarre when things like that and it's weird because like Wes Anderson sometimes he's too bizarre for me like Tim Burton sometimes he's too bizarre for yeah. me and this one I appreciate especially when it got to the end game and it, I don't know if you read up on what the book ending actually is no. in the book ending the janitor just straight up kills himself and that's right. what I'm thinking of ending things about and this well, one he kills himself in a different way what, right. it took a different direction it was kind of like him seeing his life flash before his eyes and how he imagined his life should have been well that was the other thing too I picked up when it was like you know I'm thinking of anything she didn't you know they're referring to the boyfriend and yeah yeah you anything. think it's about the relationship and you think it's about the relationship but then when you like when you get about halfway through and jesse says this one thing in the car on the ride up to his parents house when he goes you know that like god has a plan for us like he's saying all these different things that people usually he's, say when they're suicidal he's having an inner monologue with different characters in his head right and, and the other thing too is every time uh louise louisa yvonne who yeah. the fuck her name was picks up the phone you hear his real inner thoughts. Yeah, and it's actually the person that's on the phone is Oliver Platt, who was um, um, what's his name, uh, Jimmy King in Ready to Rumble was yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one other thing I wanted to say is that um, is it Trivial Pursuit Genius Edition or Genus Edition? Oh, damn it, Mom, it's Genus. <laughs> uh, dude, those scenes were making me. Tony Collette is always so good. Yeah, she's a fucking rock star. But I, I can't say I'm surprised. I wanted you to. I I, I had a feeling you were going to like. I don't like giving you movies. I think you won't like just to do that. I only did that one time with the house of jack bill because you pissed me off about it. i don't remember what it was but oh you gave me a country album so i'm like all right here you go you gave me zach brown band zach brown band is good like what's- and so is house of jack bill no it's not uh, it, uh, to each their own um but uh i own. i'm glad you could uh, so when i finished yeah, the one's, landlord one's, one's, one's murder porn and one's actually yeah bingo good. bingo bongo bingo, uh, bongo, yeah. bingo bongo yeah when i watch it with the, this movie with the landlord she we finished it she goes all right so that's not for me but if i watch this without you i would come away saying 
Dan would love this. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally saying that I saw it and I was thinking, she even said, Taylor wouldn't like this. Justin and you would love it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty much the long and short of it. Oh, she, she gets me so much. Yes, better than I get you. <laughs> um, okay, so Taylor, I want to give you three options for a movie this week, okay? All right. One, um, you had some heavy stuff this past week. It is a heavy movie. I found it, for me, it was very, it hit a weird emotional chord. So for me, it was heavy. Maybe it was just, like you said, exhausting for you. So one of the options I'm going to give you is a recent coming of age movie that I actually really, really like. Okay. One of them is um, a heavy A24 film that came out in 2017. Okay. And the other one is a recent historical film about um, something that happened back in the, I want to say the 50s. Historical, uh, so a historical film about something that actually happened? Something that actually happened, oh, yes. Right, cool. Okay, okay so you pick. Yeah, you want that one. Okay, yeah. the movie I'm going to give you is Operation Finale. Um, this movie starring Oscar Isaac, big fan of his. Um, ben Kingsley, big fan of his, Sir Ben Kingsley. We actually just talked about this movie in our group chat recently because um, we were talking about the Nazis escaping to Argentina. Um, so in this movie, um, Ben Kingsley, it's funny, it's like a reversal of roles for him. He played um, you know, uh, a Jewish man in Schindler's List. In this one, he plays Adolf Eichmann, who was basically the accountant of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one that made sure uh, how to run everything well, get people to extermination camps. And Adolf Eichmann was one of the not- Nazi leadership that escaped to Argentina. Um, now, it was just a rumor for years and years and years that Nazis had escaped, but specifically, he was one of the big targets that got out of the Nuremberg trials. Um, so Oscar Isaac plays a member of the Mossad that is hired when they find they get a tip that he may be there to extract uh, Adolf Eichmann from Argentina Back to Israel for trial. Um, this is a really, really cool movie. What's um, it called again? Operation Operation Finale. Okay. Cool. Um, I, I I saw this um, shortly after it came out when it was available on streaming. Um, it's one of those ones where you kind of know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one of these historical movies, like you know how it ends. Like Valkyrie. I love Valkyrie. I knew how it ended. They didn't kill Hitler. Yeah, but right. it's the tension that when a movie where you know what's going to happen can still build an impressive tension. That's cool to me. Okay. And Kingsley's a great actor. Um, his best role, obviously, is playing himself on The Sopranos. Uh, when Christopher's trying to sign him to play Cleaver. Um, but uh, it's a really cool movie. I know you like history specifically. We love um, the, seeing Nazis get their asses kicked. Oh, it's the best. Um, and World War II history specifically. But, um, you know, watch the movie. Read up on the real story because it's very, very historically accurate. Oscar Isaac fucking rules. I'm a huge fan of his. He's great in almost everything. He's great in everything. He's got fucking swagger for days. He was great in Ex Machina. He Ex Machina. Annihil- Annihilation. Annihilation. He was great. In, he was great as Poe Dameron in Star Wars. He's a I good keep, fucking actor. Don Terry Poe. Don Terry Poe. Don Terry Poe Dameron. Yeah. <laughs> so my pick How is that for, not a fantasy name? That should. It probably is somewhere. <laughs> um, so my pick for you this week is Operation Finale. All right, cool. So for my pick this week, uh, it's actually a parody album. Okay. So okay. It's actually, it's a bit, it's comedy. It's pop punk. It's making fun of, it's making fun of the scene in a whole. Um, so actually, I gave you his other band, Crazy 88. His name is Jared Yes, Alonji, I like that a lot. But his, so this is like, uh, it's a fake band called Sunrise. Skater Kids. Sunrise Skater Kids. It's so fucking, it's so meta because it's trying to make fun of like, you know, pop punk pizza party and shit like that. So the album is called Friendville. Friendville. Yes. Like and far, so, like Farmville. Yeah, yeah, but with friends. Okay. <laughs> and Colucci's only friends at Farmville. <laughs> he's probably the only one that still plays. He did not after. respond to my Instagram story today. I bet you he's still playing Clash of Clans. <laughs> Stelly is still playing Clash of Clans. <laughs> okay, he's cool though. 
Is he? Cooler. Facts. <laughs> He's probably playing fucking Club Penguin still. <laughs> but uh, no, so th this is, uh, again, Jared is known for always making fun of the scene and the stereotypes that come along with it. Um, and this was, again, he made a bunch of parody bands. Sunrise Skater Kids being the most popular one amongst the Graves Demons is his metal band that he makes, okay. fun, of, he makes fun of the metal scene. Okay, so he has a niche. Yeah, and he's very, very funny. Um, this particular album came out in 2016. Okay. And the stuff he's making fun of is the stuff we make fun of now. So this album came out in 2016, and I want and I want to highlight the song Trigger Warning. Trigger Warning, okay. Because he's mentioning things that at the time were brand new to, you know, society uh, in general. Oh, like a trigger warning, like triggered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says some things in there that are very like, whoa, okay. Okay. But because it's a parody and because he's Jared and he's known for this, he, he got away with it. But <laughs> Howard, you gotta say him through characters. <laughs> but it's it's Mr. Pig Vomit. It's very funny. You get a lot of um you get a lot of features in this because a lot of the people from Fearless Records um were got in on the uh, got in on this. So um look at trigger warning. Okay. Look at Pit Warrior and look at Garage Door. All right, cool. I'm excited to listen to this. Um how how many tracks on this? Maybe twelve, thirteen. Okay, very cool. And pop punk albums are usually like no more than forty minutes tops. So so I will say it is a bit repetitive, but you have to listen to what he's saying. Oh, because well, I mean that's that's what I'm I'm gonna do with the yeah. parody album. That's the most important thing. So you got to listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I'm excited for that. I have a uh, thing this week. Okay. For us. Oh, good. Josh well, has a not, thing. Not for us. Normally I give them to you. This week I'm gonna give it to Taylor. Sweet. Okay. Uh, so tonight Taylor and I would have been at uh, Coheed and Cambria. Okay. That's tonight. Uh, that's tonight. Uh, Why'd you ruin my night? Sad. And next and we're here Tuesday. Yeah, we would have been at My Chemical Romance. So why, dude? Josh, just leave. Go back on vacation. So this is what he has for you. He wants you to kill yourself tonight. Oh so Taylor, <laughs> I'm going to give you a concert movie. I like concert movies. Okay, uh, cool. and it's it's not like a filmed concert. It's a concert movie. It's pretty cool. Uh, I was skeptical about it when it first came out, okay. but I watched it and I kind of dug the story that they wove into it a little bit. I'm going to give you Metallica's Through the Never. Oh, Through the Never is awesome, dude. I've yeah. never seen it all the way through. I'm going to watch it again, too. It's fucking but great. I'm it's down. Cool. I'm it's, very so down. obviously, it stars Metallica. I would hope. Uh, That'd be weird <laughs> if it was starring Sticks. Metallica's Through the Never starring Dave Mustaine. Yeah, and, uh, the story part of the movie is starring Dane DeHaan, who was the uh, very ill received. Uh, Green Goblin in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. And he wasn't even bad. It no, he wasn't was bad. Bad, bad writing. Bad, bad writing, bad directing in the second movie. Yeah. Well, that tells you what I remember. I don't even remember that. Yeah, it was because it was a horrible sure, I remember, I remember but, Gwen dying. But he was pretty cool in this. It, it's kind of like a frantic story, no pun intended. Frantic tick 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 tock yeah, so uh, Through the Never, Metallica. Cool. I'm going to rewatch it, too. How long ago did that come out now? Uh, had to be like 2015, I was going to say, I watched it when it came. I'm like, all right, I'm down. At first, I was skeptical like you. I was like, this is pretty dope. I'm in. All right, cool, cool. That's a good I idea, just, dude. I just had memories of some kind of monster. I got drawn into some kind of monster. Like, all right, yeah, Metallica movie. And then it's yeah. like, oh, my God, it's a Metallica movie. All right, so Taylor. Yeah, but like, it's not a happy Metallica movie. They yell at each other for two I know, hours. That's, 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 <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now, then you get sad when you watch it. <laughs> And James, fuck you, no fuck you, Kirk, no fuck Kirk you. Kirk tries to play a solo and they yell at him. Yeah. <laughs> he gets fucking reprimanded. Kirk, Bob Rock people. walks into the room. He's like, Kirk, you know, we already talked about the soloing thing. You know, that's the not soloing <laughs> thing. You know, the thing that is like you're legendary for. Yeah. He's the oh. lead guitarist of yeah. Metallica, and you're like, don't solo. Word. Taylor, what'd you watch this week? Nothing. I played Bloodborne all week. Okay. What'd you watch this week? Uh, so I watched Friends, American Dad. <laughs> 
<laughs> Seinfeld. Okay, um, good, good. Ted Lasso. I still have to watch that. I missed that. it, man. That's what I got to watch. Yeah, um, you got to catch up on The Boys. Because The Boys, it, this week's episode was my it. favorite one so far. It's crazy. In a season and a half, Homelander is becoming one of my favorite television characters. Because he is such a cunt. <laughs> but the guy is so good for yeah. being a no-name. He's so good. They do some awesome shit with Stormfront. Like, Stormfront's becoming a fucking bad bitch, dude. Yeah. It's uh, it's the best episode of the show so far. I am floored by this fucking show. Um, we talked about Lovecraft Country a little bit. I hyped it up the first three episodes. I really liked it. I didn't watch last week's or this week's, and then the landlord and I tried watching episode four the other night, and it lost me. I tapped out halfway through, and that does not happen to me. I just didn't like the direction it was going, but I heard it gets good, really good again. So I'm gonna... I, I don't think it's for her, so I'm gonna... So Something I watch on my own. Um, I don't know if you heard about this HBO documentary that's going on now, The Vow, about that cult, um, uh, Nexium, it's called. Um, a chick from Smallville actually got arrested for it. Allison okay. Mack was in She was Chloe on Smallville, the blonde girl. Yeah, right. Um, she got arrested because this guy, he, he they claimed it was like this self-help kind of group, but and he claimed to be a genius, math genius, judo black belt, all this shit, but he was running like a, a sex trafficking kind of thing, and the documentary is so well done. I only watch the first episode, but they kind of bring you into it, like, why people were sold on this. Like, we're talking Richard Branson. The Dalai Lama spoke at one of these fucking things. Jesus. And... It's really cool. HBO does some phenomenal documentaries, specifically true crime documentaries. They do very, very yeah. well. Um, I watched. I actually watched a live concert. When I hadn't watched in years, uh, Slipknot's Disaster Pieces, which I hadn't watched in a long time, which is a great one. Um, is that the one where they're in London? Uh, no, th- it was um, It was the first date on the Iowa tour back in oh, the so day. That yeah, was even Yeah, later. we're talking this was 2003, that. 2004. That's, that's even earlier. That's, if you never saw that one, that's a really good one. I that's the first thing. Isn't that, that one. the one where uh, Joey has like a fucking, like a ring of drums? Yep, and, and he goes it. upside down, yeah. and he does a whole fucking solo. Yeah, it's something to see. When the first time you see, I had already seen Slipknot Live before it came out. And Joey was doing that for a while, mm-hmm. but he just kept adding more to it. So it's a really cool one. If you ever get a chance to watch Disaster Pieces, it's really good. I'm continuing to watch It's Always Sunny while I play Madden naturally, um, and I think that's all I watched this week. I might have watched something else, but um, well, I mean, outside of football, I really didn't watch anything. Yeah, I, there was definitely something else I watched. I watched the watch. fights on Saturday night. Um, I missed them, and for some reason i was just so disinterested i don't know why well maybe because rot because i well i just heard uh covington and uh what's his name are the saturday what yeah yeah saturday so i'm excited about that there was definitely something else i watched that i'm forgetting which means it wasn't that great that's, that's usually what that <laughs> it means. wasn't that great no nah. um but yeah it was a lot of football on sunday so of course it was all football on sunday yeah. um all right so uh taylor great news this week great fucking news i like great news steve cohen has signed his deal to be the owner, the majority owner, the only o- 95% owner of the New York Metropolitan. So I took the statement about that Sterling <laughs> yeah, Partners yeah. and I printed it out. I'm getting it framed next oh, week. It's funny because I printed it out and I hung it on my bulletin board my first day at work. I'm getting it framed and <laughs> I'm, second I'm, day. And I'm gonna put it. I want to put it in here somewhere. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Um, there's some news coming. There's some reports coming out that it is um, usually things like this would be approved at the owners' meetings in November, but because of um, everything that's going on, apparently it might be, be even get pr- approved before that. I, 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 there's zero doubt in my mind he gets approved. He's gonna get approved. They wouldn't well, have done. Uh, now it, it's pretty obvious they wouldn't have uh, done this. Well, um, that that's my. 
my biggest thing is because Manfred already looks like an asshole, right? Yeah. So if the if the owners say no to this guy, right, and then you know if the owners were to not vote him through, it already it makes it makes man I'm said Manfro. It makes it makes Manf- Manfred look even it, worse. It, than it devalues the Mets more by than the 265 million that they lost out on already. And you just can't like as much as people want to shit on the Mets, and I rightfully so, of course. Um. It, Shit! Half the time it's, it's me. It's a fran- It's a franchise in the biggest market in the country. Yeah, it's it a, doesn't matter how much they've squandered. It, they, of there's, course, there's a lot there, of history there. And to be honest, and it's not again. I don't want to take anything away from the Yankees because the Yankees are the Yankees. Yeah, of course. But when the Mets are good, there's something magical mm-hmm. about it. When the Yankees are good, it's like what well, we when expected. Bo- specifically, and I, when and, Bo- I, and I don't want to shit on the Yankees. No, no, the Yankees fans have expectations, and rightfully so, that they should be in it every single year, and competing for division titles at the bare. Not winning, not making the playoffs is like the most crushing thing to Yankees fans. When the Mets well, don't make the playoffs, it's like, oh, you know, we were only four games out at the end of the year. Yeah, right. It's happened three times in my life. Yeah, it, right. that's exactly what I well, mean. So, like, like even last year when the Mets were playing meaningful baseball in the September. Yeah, like that was again. It, it was. It's great when both New York teams are yeah. good and competitive, and it's even better. And it's rarely happened. It happened a little bit before the Madoff stuff when both New York teams are in for every single player that's available, every single player that's worth it that they're willing to sit there and negotiate with them and try to sign them out from under each other. There's nothing more that Rob Manfred and the owners of Major League Baseball want than both New York teams to be consistently competitive and consistently in there for the best players because it makes the whole league more valuable. So now the real question is: This is a pretty. This is uh, you know we'll say there's always the offshoot chance that something fucking crazy happens because it's the fucking Mets. Like Steve Cohen might drop dead tomorrow. God forbid. But uh, I'm just saying it's the fucking Mets, or he's got he's a diddler. Like there's gonna be something along those lines because that's the fucking Mets. And God, if that fucking happens, we need to pull this audio that Dan Perros knew that he was a diddler. <laughs> I'm not saying Steve Cohen's a diddler, but if he is, it's the fucking Mets. No fucking surprise. So now my question is how. Is he going to handle the staff of the New York Mets, specifically one Brody Van Wagenen? I have a couple opinions on this, Taylor, but I'd like to hear what you think he's going to do. So, it, even even if Brody did a good job, say the Edwin Diaz trade works out, I mean, which he's been awesome this year, right? But what I'm saying is, like, say it worked out and it was phenomenal, yeah. Right? Say he didn't send possibly Mickey Mantle to Seattle, right? of course. Um, I, I think even still, Brody is well. Cohen's going to come in and want to do his own thing. Yeah, and I think no matter what, Brody is gone. Um, no matter what happens, even if he was to do a good job, because Cohen is the type of guy that's like, listen, this is my thing. I'm going to do going to do it my way. And also, the big thing is when that uh, audio and that video came out of uh, Brody just shitting on Manfred, yes. shitting on the Will Ponds. Yeah, and then what? A couple days later, he's like, "We'll always take the player's side." He's already going back into agent mode. Yeah, so it's only a matter of time till whether or not. Steve was going to come in, or the Wilpons fired him. Mm-hmm. That he was going to be an agent again. So uh, you think Brody's gone for sure? I'm 99 percent sure. Brody's um, gone. I'm not as sure. I think it's about a 60 40 that Brody stays. And the reason I think that is because I, I think about the most recent um, big purchase in baseball um, that is an equivalent. That was the Los Angeles Dodgers when Frank McCourt sold them to the Guggenheim Group. Um, and what they did they're, that's a they're, great name. Um, I know. Right? It, it just sounds like money. Like Beethoven's playing in the background. Um, <laughs> 
Um, so the the specific thing that um, they did in the Dodgers is that their GM is actually a former agent, right? right? But they have a president of baseball operations that runs the whole show that really is making the baseball decision. So this is what I think he does. He keeps Brody because he knows how to work players' contracts. And he says, this is going to be your chance to spend money. Spend it smart. And you bring in someone that knows baseball and specifically who I think you bring in to be baseball, um, the president of baseball operations is Mr. Buck Showalter. Why not, dude? I That's know Buck, Buck still wants to manage, but the guy knows the game, and he's at an age now where maybe managing isn't the best thing on his health, and he could probably do it very, very well. Well, it just sounds Buck just always seems like a, like he lives and breathes baseball. He is. He's one of the so, great baseball minds of all time, and so, he may be. He's like you know Pat Riley's like a, a great NBA coach. He's been an even better NBA executive. Well, Buck Showalter yeah. was a great MLB manager. No, listen, he might be an even better. Might be saying Pat better. Riley's a great NBA coach is it's such an understand. understatement. Well, man. it's also amazing what he's done with the Heat because they they only have down years for like three or four years and they still ain't that bad. Right. But well, I think I think Brody is going to get at least one year. Um, I, I think because as a businessman, he also knows that constant turnover isn't the best thing. So give him a year, give him the checkbook, see what happens. Now I gave you my playbook on what I would do. You you sign um, JT Ramuto. That's your first thing you do. You extend actually your first thing you do is extend Michael Conforto. Big facts. You extend Michael Conforto. You sign JT Ramuto. You signed Trevor Bauer, and the interesting with Trevor Bauer, why it could definitely get done, is because he said going forward he's only taking one to two year deals. He's maximizing his earning, which is a brilliant idea. You're always one injury away, but if you ever contract your signings for eighteen twenty million dollars, you're not that worried about one getting injured. You know what I mean? It'll be all right. So you signed uh, Trevor Bauer. You signed Liam Hendricks to your bullpen. Another guy, a really solid arm to be back there. Um, you you trade for a George Springer. I would give up Brandon Nimmo, another prospect. You get George Springer, you get a true outfield out there that can play all three positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you, and I would also extend uh, Noah Syndergaard. Um, going into next year, coming off Tommy John surgery, we don't know if he'll be ready for the start of the season, but nonetheless, he'll be back at some point heading into his walk year. He will not be... Pl- it's very rare guys back, come back from Tommy John instantly that dominant again. You rarely see it. You saw it with Matt Harvey where he came back and he was great. Took Zach Wheeler like a year to get back. Two years, actually, to get back. Um you give Syndergaard two to three, two to four year contract, eighty million dollars, and then he'll still hit free agency before he's thirty. I think that's what you do to solidify the rotation. You you finally get a good backstop. Um, you, you think get, they bring back Stroman? Uh, I, if you can't get a guy, yeah, I think definitely they're okay. going to bring back. I think Stroman comes back no matter what. Now that they have the money, I don't see how Stroman walks because I think he really likes it here. Um, so I, I would so I would too. also bring him back a year of rest. Uh, but it, it's really really exciting to see um, that you know this this Wilpon error. You know they owned the team for twenty plus years and they won three division titles in all that time. Went to Such one hot w- fucking garbage, and man. it was. Uh, and I, I don't know if you read the story about how, um, the, you know, I the did. last couple weeks about how even though we knew Cohen pretty much had it that um, A Rod and J Lo were still trying to make a power play, but it was Jeff Wilpon leaking all the stuff and pushing A Rod because A Rod was going to let w- Jeff Wilpon stay involved with the day to day operations of the team, it's which is so fucking some, scummy, that is some man. straight up. Jeff Wilpon shit, still trying to fuck the Mets. Just unbelievable. Daddy's little boy with no baseball experience that was a terrible little league player probably that still thinks he can fucking do baseball. I'm glad this error will be over of the New York Mets and that hopefully this lifts... I, I, I truly believe that in sports that you reap what you sow often. And if you run your franchise terribly and you treat people terribly, it'll reflect on the field. And the Mets have always had terrible ownership under the Wilpons and it always showed on the field. So I think if you 
lift this fucking this this fucking curse from them that some of those things that are that's so Mets like you see that's so Jets they. They have Woody Johnson, or Christopher Johnson now. Horrific ownership. Horrific, horrific ownership consistently. And it's always a fucking Jets debacle. Always a Jets debacle. And that has been the Mets just as much, except the Mets have had more success than the Jets. Um, so That's I, hard to believe, but it's uh, very it, true. It, it's, it's very, very true. Dude, the Mets have won World Series since the Jets the last one. We're in one. We're in one. <laughs> Not only have they won World Series, they've been in them, even if they lost. The Jets haven't even made it to a Super Bowl to lose. Yeah, that's fucking great. <laughs> All right, so what do I have next? Um, okay, so we talked a few weeks ago about um, J.K. Rowling was in hot water because yep. she made all those comments about transgender people and we actually took a stance kind of saying like as a woman I believe she has the right to say like women are being devalued yada yada sure. the, the, the reproduction kind of thing I didn't think she was being she she was being insensitive but I don't think she was being what they call transphobic right? right did you hear this latest JK Rowling stuff no okay so her new book is about a serial killer it's a man that dresses as a woman <laughs> She's really digging her feet in on this thing. Like, but like, why? What's, I mean, that, that, can't that just be part of this? It, she's writing about a serial killer. Why do we care what the, why do we care about the feelings of the serial killer? Do we hear ourselves? No, no, when no. We talk? It's, no, it's not, it's not about the ser- feelings of the serial killer. It's about the fact that she's saying, cause she's been talking, she's actually talked about how, you know, mental illness that uh, a transgender person or a cross dresser or whatever would be a serial killer. It's not the feelings of the serial killer, it's the feelings of the community that she's demonizing them, which they believe she's done already. So that's where I say she's digging her feet in that. You know, I feel like if I got in hot water for something about transgender people, I would stay away from the subject entirely. Yeah. Not write a book where I make the person that I got in hot water about. That's like making a, a racial comment about a black person and then making a movie or a book about black people being criminals and drug dealers and thugs. You know how much money she's going to make off that book? Oh, though? no, I don't think so. Because I, I think I, so. I, Honestly, she'll get it from the alt-right. The alt-right will pay for it, but her fa- it's it's cruel. Like, people are already talking about boycotting that Harry Potter game they showed the trailer for today. It looks great. I know, but there. this is the thing. The backlash on it. She's still... I think she... Actually, I don't know if she's going to get rights to that because... No, she's not. She... I think, like, any future properties besides, like, things she helped write, she doesn't get anything on because of what she sold off the Universal. Um, I could be wrong there. She didn't sell everything on Harry no. Potter, but she's... she. I, I don't. She's not going to make as much money as she made on Harry Potter or anything Harry Potter, obviously. But um, I just don't get the whole principle. Like, if you were trying to say that you weren't being transphobic, why is the next thing you do something that could be qualified as actually trans? I didn't think she, her original comments, and I'm not. I'm not an expert to say what is and isn't transphobic. I'm not transgender, so I don't know how any transgender person feels about those comments. That's not my position to put, say. But when you have comments that are questionable. And then you do work that can be definitely qualified in that same realm. It seems to me like you're trying to make a point. Yeah, it just seems like she's grasping at straws, to be honest it's with It's like you. she's trying to prove her point that I'm not being transphobic. But, again, it just sounds like she's trying to... Sh- almost like she's trying to be a shock jock to me. Like she's yeah. she's, like she's being open... She, she has an open and honest opinion you're about J- it. You're and J.K. It's, Rowling. Like, why do you have to do anything and, like that? And, and, of course, it's in the minority of what majority of people think. So, obviously, writing the book... That's why, that's why I say she's going to make a lot of money off it. Obviously, it could be the alt-right. It could be all this stuff. It doesn't matter because when you're a big fan of somebody, it doesn't matter what they're. It shouldn't she, matter what she has lost is. a lot of fans though. It's I been, know. 
know, I know that, but that doesn't mean she's not gonna. This I mean, she's definitely. Gonna do she'll well. probably gonna make some money. I out. wouldn't be surprised if it's a New York Times bestseller. I don't think. I honestly don't think that'll happen because I don't think New York Times will allow it to be a New York Times bestseller. But like, if it sells, it, it'll be interesting. I think the one that'll be better to um, watch is the Amazon bestselling list because it, it may be early on because people may want to see if it's as bad as um, it may appear. Because um, you never know. Like, just the context. To be fair here to her as well, the context of it could be entirely different than or the actual what, what's inside of it could be different than the context at face value. Sure. Um, but I just, I, I don't, you're, you're, you were considered one of the biggest advocates of the LGBTQ community because you retroactively made Dumbledore gay and you turned Hermione into a toaster strudel. You just kept changing fucking characters and yeah, what they were. Th- that, I was more, I'm, I'm more annoyed at her constantly changing the characters years after they've been written. The Dumbledore one kind of made sense to me because it was always just an ambiguous thing and I was like, fine. And then someone was like, someone decided Dobby was actually a horse. Like, <laughs> but like, but uh, but the thing is, like, it never changed my never changed my no, opinion on the characters. It, because again, like, I, I again, me being a little bit younger than you guys, like, obviously. Harry Potter was huge when I was. It was huge. Was, I think Josh read all the books, right? You read all the Harry I, Potter see, books. I, I read two of them. Here, here's where I fucked up, man. I read all. I read was it seven books, eight movies? Yeah, seven so books, eight movies. I read six. I read the first six books, and then I didn't read the Deathly Hallows till almost fifteen years later. Okay. For some reason, I just completely didn't get it, and then I just and then I read the Deathly Hallows, and I was like. How are how are the, the last four books are not children's books? No, no, and that's at all. And even in the People movies, they, the, movie, right. the movies changed tone too. I mean, I, we read the first book when we were in sixth grade, Josh, and we had to do like some kind of project where we acted out a scene. See, I was and in fourth grade. I didn't read. I, I got the I got the fourth book when it came out because I decided, yeah, I want to like Harry Potter, and I read it. I was like, oh, I don't really like Harry Potter. <laughs> um, and I saw all. I think I've seen all the movies, but, but, but one of but them. Goblet of Fire is where it gets real. That's why. Yeah, like, and I, I just it wasn't uh, anything that I was like. <laughs> As real as wizards can get. Yeah, it's, well, like, it's like the UFC, as real as wizards get. <laughs> but so hold on. Ultimate Quidditch fighting. So let me let me ask let me ask a fellow nerd a question. Okay. Josh, what's your favorite Harry Potter book? <laughs> <laughs> did you do that on purpose? No, I, did, I did not actually. Um, Prisoner of Azkaban. I was going to say really I figured your favorite because the landlord's a nerd, and she, I think three is her favorite too. Dude. And I think uh, ears her favorite is three. Order of the Phoenix is mine. Uh, Order of the Phoenix is phenomenal. Uh, Order of the Phoenix sucks. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, I hate it. It's Why? It's better than Cursed Child. <laughs> Everything's better than Cursed Child. Uh, okay, so she makes royalties off of literally everything. She makes royalties off the parks. She makes royalties oh, off shit. of the Fantastic Damn. movies. Those movies she are horrifically make, bad. Yo, who, she will make mo- money off of this game. Okay. Yo, whoever her agent is, get is, that... Get, Fuck, have, good you, for that guy. have you watched any of those Fantastic Beast movies? She I watched makes, the first one and I didn't. I didn't care for they're it. Not but good. I didn't hate it. Her across all channels, she makes her her. It that, varies per year depending on what projects are out. Her biggest year was 2017. She earned 95 million dollars across all channels. <laughs> and that's just royalties. That's just that's royalty. Well, that that's everything. So that's right. stuff from Cursed Child. That's stuff from the parks. That's I mean, stuff from so it's like the it's movie still, reruns. So like it's like still that. counting book sales too, because it's not like yeah, it's, it's not like the books aren't still for sale. Book, book sales, theme park royalties. 
Streaming. Uh, streaming. Yo, Harry um, Potter World is wild. Oh, dude, it's sick. I'm not even a Harry Potter fan, and I thought it was fucking great. Yeah, I waited so, an hour dude, and a half for that fucking castle ride. And, then oh, this, and, and you know what they said? Nope, can't fit. 2017 <laughs> must have been... Uh, <laughs> he couldn't fit on Harry Potter. <laughs> they were like, dude, Hagrid, you're supposed to be outside signing autographs. I, I really don't, but like, dude, an hour and a half. <laughs> and what? Well, I'm not fucking Hagrid. Wait, Shut dude, up. When we went on our um, eighth grade... Hagrid's they, cool, though, so I don't care. When, when in eighth grade, they took us to um, Six Flags in, in middle school... And I remember we had this teacher, um, I forgot, Miss Williams was her name. She's a very robust math teacher. And she went to go on Nitro, and she didn't fit. And I felt, I didn't, I wasn't even one of the people laughing at her. I felt really bad because she started crying, and a bunch of our friends were laughing at her. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, this sucks. I was like, I actually felt bad for her. Well, and then I went on the ride, and I had a great time. Well, she because, didn't. Well, because she probably <laughs> waited online, so oh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, she, she, no, actually, it was great that day at Six Flags. You were on the New Jersey trip. Oh, you didn't go to that. It was like a, a kind of rainy day. It wasn't yeah. too bad. There were no fucking lines. I sat on Nitro three times in a row. Dude, fuck that. It was fucking but, great. But that was but yeah. That's the weird thing. So like Harry Potter World when it first opened up, they weren't done. It wasn't completely no. They, finished they added the to it. Like they didn't have Diagon Alley. Initially. Diagon Alley. Yeah. Diagon Alley wasn't there. So like you just walk through. Then they do the Triwizard Tournament. You know the guys show up. They do the yeah. They didn't have they didn't have the train that goes back and forth between the two things. They for, just had um, they just had the train that was stationary. Correct for, for football. You want to do a recap and then picks. Uh, yeah, yes. I, I usually will recap them when we're like we'll recap the teams when we're going over the games. All right, it's seven forty. Okay, so we got a, okay. Got a couple things here. Um, pick enough. for Woodley Covington this week. Woodley Covington. Yeah, we're not going to uh, honestly. Just give me like eight fifteen. Tell okay. me eight fifteen. Okay. Uh, What's your pick for Woodley Covington? I want Woodley to win, but Covington, I think, is going to wipe the floor with him. Yeah, I think so. Now, there's some interesting things coming out between both um, got both fighters. Um, Woodley sounds very, very motivated. Um, the guys in his corner said, you know, it's he's training like he did before he fought Robbie Lawler and fought Darren Till. Um, that he's like super pumped to do this fight. So maybe we'll see a different, uh, a more aggressive Tyrone Woodley. Now, the interesting thing I just read about uh, Colby Covington, like. 10 minutes before Josh got here is that his he didn't know he had he was an orthodox fighter. He's been fighting southpaw his whole career because that's yeah. his wrestling stance. And now they're saying that he can generate a lot of power fighting from his orthodox stance. So, but to me, that's going to um that's going to um hinder his wrestling game yes. and what his pressure game because he, he, it's also he's been fighting southpaw so long so his defense from an orthodox stance may not be as good and you can't get hit by Tyrone Woodley. Um I think Covington's going to win a decision. Um, over a five round fight, he just has he's a, a great gas tank. There's no denying he's a great fighter. I really hope Woodley fucking brains him. I, I would be, nothing would make me happier if in one round he just fucking one punch knockout that cocksucker. I would love nothing more. I don't think it's gonna happen, but um, yeah, I'm taking Covington well, it, too. It was the same thing when you told me when uh, me and Spooner went to go see Covington and Lawler. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, dude, like Robbie's gonna kick his ass. I said, dude, this I'm like, it's a worse matchup for fucking Robbie. Let me tell you something. Outside of Mickey Gall winning that day, spending about nine hours. Hours with Spooner. <laughs> Dude, it was a long day. Josh lives around the corner from Spooner, doesn't spend nine seconds with him. Dude, it was a long fucking day. And then just to, for that, watch all, watch every fight. Yeah. Like 15 fucking fights. Oh, it's great. It's great. And it was so much fun. And then. Then you're exhausted and, and, at the end. And then, like, it's like, it's like I've been waiting all day to watch Robbie Lawler kick the shit out of this and guy. And he gets the and shit kicked out of him. And he gets brained for three straight rounds. And I'm like. I, Five I, rounds. It was the main event. Oh, it was. But I, I looked, <laughs> I looked at Spooner and I go, dude. This was such a waste of our day. <laughs> Just to see Robbie get his ass kicked. Um, next thing I have, uh, it sounds like in a year, um, the Netflix deal is up in that they are already in talks about rebooting The Punisher. 
Center, which um, bring back John Bernthal. Please make it happen. Well, well, okay, I need so wait, it. Wait, you're talking about like rebooting the movie? No, no, the the show, bringing the, the, the show series. Back. Yeah, bringing it back. Not even well, like a, a reboot necessarily, well, but rebooting where they were. I'll, Okay, continuation. Yeah, continuation. Because but you, you don't need to reboot anything. Listen, it was great. I wouldn't be against them just saying we're going to make a, a, a two and a half hour rated R movie with John Bernthal to end it, kind of like they did with El Camino, where it's like a closing. I'd be down. I, I'd be totally down. Yeah. I mean, to the, they still have not. Made, they've made one great Punisher movie. Listen, the one with Tom Jane's a good movie. It's not Punisher. No. If I don't know if you've seen Punisher Warzone. Punisher Warzone fucking rules. Everyone Ray Stevenson. It's great I've with never Ray seen Stevenson, it. dude. Josh, you would love it. It's I'm so watch it this weekend. It's so like comic book, like over the top and Ray Stevenson fucking rules as Punisher. Um it, that's a really good one. Imagine Ben Mendelssohn as Punisher. Uh I I he's too small. <laughs> that's what he's I'm a saying. great actor. Just think about it for a second. What oh. was it when he's talking to somebody and he's talking like this? Oh his fuck oh that poor guy. I feel bad because he's um, a great actor. We got two things in Star Wars news. Uh, the first one's just a rumor but there is talks at Disney Plus that they're gonna make a young Mace Windu series. Yeah give it to me. Give it to me. I'm in. I'm in. I, I mean I don't I, I don't hate anything Star Wars no. but I probably won't watch it originally. Like initially, you, but if you hear it's great, you will eventually. Yeah, who could play a young Sam Jackson? That's a, that's a good Taika Waititi. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question, and it probably might be some like no name, honestly. Yeah. And by the time they get to it, it could be a, a new actor that just comes on the scene too. It doesn't have to look exactly like Sam Jackson, but be weird if you know they did this, um, you know, um, social justice casting and made him white. <laughs> it should be Mustafa Ali. Uh, Mustafa Ali, yeah. Um, the other thing we got this week that looks fucking great was a trailer for season two of Mandalorian. Yep. Finish season um, one. You definitely need to finish season one because the finale, directed by the great Taika. Watiti is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, we talked about it um, the other night. I, I can't believe I didn't finish um, it. The, the trailer was cool, and I, I when I first watched it, and then I, I didn't realize at first, I was like, oh, who's that in the robe? I was like, it's not Ahsoka Tano. I'm like, holy shit, that's Sasha Banks. Yeah. And I'm just wondering who she's playing, because she's in the robe, but it could be a Sith Lord, it could be a Jedi, but they imply that she's interested in Baby Yoda and getting him back to his people, because they say the um, these uh, uh, evil sorcerers or whatever, because at that point, the Jedi had been cast as the villains and everything. Um, I one of the things I was wondering if she's playing, um, if she's part of that group that was in Fallen Order, the Night Sisters, is that what they were called? The the villains, all those chicks you had to fight in Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, um, I, it could be that, but the rumor is that she's um, working for Ahsoka Tano. So she could pass it. She could probably play a Sokotano, honestly. Yeah. But good for Sasha Banks getting that big role. And if Vince had any brains, which we know he doesn't, he'd market her as champion going into the season two of Mandalorian coming out because it's a huge show. Emmys are this weekend. It's nominated for Emmys, so that's pretty cool. Um, I might have to um, change my stance on something, Taylor. Okay. Um, on gender reveal parties. Uh, um, about that life now? <laughs> let me explain here. Um... I, I I get this like cultural movement that's happening in this country where we're being more sensitive to things and if you have an opinion sometimes just shut the fuck up. Um take your advice for once. I know, I know, but in this case I can't keep my mouth shut. Um so I saw um you know the the wild the, the wildfires out in California that were started by a gender reveal that I celebrated. I saw Trevor Noah did a segment on a show talking about gender reveal parties and like People need to stop having gender reveal parties when you don't. Uh, your child doesn't know what sex it is, dude. Shut the fuck up! Wow. Shut the fuck up! Trevor Noah really went on the Daily Show hey, and said that. Uh, yeah. Here's an idea. Um, how about this? How about you shut the fuck up? Like, dude, 
shut the, I, I, I heard it. I I was, shut, the, shut the fuck up. I can't. I'm I can't, like, I don't you, understand. how do you make me side with something I've been adamantly against that I've told people, friends of mine, I will not go to your fucking little fucking demon in your stomach's fucking gender reveal party. And this cocksucker saying they don't know the child. Listen, and I'm not saying that that kid, when he's of age, can't decide that he feels like he's a girl, feels like he's a boy. That is a moot point. It is the parent's decision on how they want to do this thing. Do I think gender reveal parties are fucking stupid? Yes. But just like everything else, if they want, if also, if they want to decide their child doesn't have a sex, it's their right just as much. They are the fucking parent. If they want to raise it as a they and put it in gray and put it in white, fucking great. Good. Grand. Great. Terrific. But for you to say that the child doesn't know what its sex is, dude, I don't think you know that you're not, that you're a comedian because you're not funny. At all. You're not funny. And I saw more people jumping on this. How gen- I saw a bunch of articles about gender reveal parties being misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic. All, all, th- all, all these fucking people are just how like, about, how about like, you- like, look, 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 this famous guy in The Daily Show said it. That means we believe it too. I had heard, look at so- us. I heard some people say this about gender reveals before, but he was the most prominent person I've heard say this thus far. And I'm just like, you don't need to have a stance on fucking everything to be socially correct. And in this case, if a parent, if parents that are elated that they're having children um, want to do that to celebrate with their friends and family, God bless you. Do what you want. Do I, I, will I ever do it? No. You want to know how I'm going to do a gender reveal party? I'm just going to fucking put a camera up the landlord's fucking cunt and say, look, there's a dick or there's a vagina. That's how I'm going to do it. That's my gender reveal. It's going to be on Zoom. I'll send you the link. No, I'm good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, in you, other were doing, good, you were doing so good. Until that last in, in other good news this week, um, I saw Chris Evans' dick. <laughs> you have a problem. Why is that a problem? Because you constantly want to look at the genitalia no, of other no. men. And then, hold on, and then you call everyone else gay. For not fruits. wanting to look. It's, it's, it's gay if you don't want to look at it. That's not true. Okay, it's not that I I, did, I wanted to look at you, it. It's that I needed, I needed to see you it. You actively search these things out. No, I didn't actively search these things out. Bullshit. I, I found out about it just from what was trending on Twitter and naturally, when it does, I don't matter, care, I do it if it's a fucking girl. If I find out Betty White just fucking accidentally uploaded her dusty twat on fucking Twitter, I'm gonna go look for it. Doesn't matter. I'm an equal opportunity pervert. Okay? I need to know if Captain America was packing heat, guys, and I'm proud to say that is a fucking thick, delicious hog. Okay. <laughs> Justin looked it up too. Yeah, well, oh, good. That, that that's a, that's a great gauge. What's it? It's not gay if you go find a fucking celebrity's dick, dude. You watch porn. You're looking at dick as much as I am, if not more. It's still you're looking at dick and balls. And often porn is that weird upside down shot where it's just balls going. Yeah, but I don't actively search it out. But you're jerking off while the fucking dick is there. You're jerking off the dick as much as any guy. I don't actively search it out. When you look up porn, you're actively, actively searching it out. I don't. I, I don't actively search. Other dudes, so are junk you subactively like, doing it? Like you do. No, you, it's, you, it's go, fine. you go on Twitter and you type mm-hmm. in dick pics. I didn't type in then, dick pics. And then you I go, said Chris Evans' ce- dick. Celebrity. Oh, good. So it's okay. okay it's a different thing. So you, you type in dicks. <laughs> you type in. You type in celebrity male dick. I didn't and type then, that in. Yes, that is you offensive. Have, you absolutely that is slander, do. sir. I didn't type in celebrity male dick. Oh, except for, is, except for the one time when you typed in big black cock and that then posted was for on my you. wall. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a good friend. <laughs> yeah, you're a great friend. I'm a great friend. You're of course. right. You're right. It's listen, I am so comfortable with my sexuality that seeing another man's dick does not make me remotely uncomfortable, nor does it make you uncomfortable, which again brings me to the point of porno. 
You're looking at dick. You're hard when you're looking at dick. You're tugging your dick. You're coming with your dick, and you're looking at you're dick. You're coming with, your, <laughs> with whose dick? You're. you're. <laughs> so I, I think you're I won this. Coming with your dick. <laughs> you're coming with it while you're looking at dick. No one. Can, listen, people. Listen. I understand. Not everyone wants to go see a fucking celebrity's dick. I want to see anyone naked. I don't care if they're a fucking man, if they're a woman. The so, only thing I won't actively seek out is gay porn because one dick isn't gay, two dicks is. If that's what you're into, great. But for me, then it's gay. Two dicks is gay. So mm-hmm. let yeah. me let me get this straight. Sure. There were no balls in it, and that makes it less gay as well. It was just it was just it wasn't even like fleshed out. It was like more like the sh- the figure of it, and I could just tell he had a fucking a, a triumphant bastard. Just, just go. Uh, go where? Somewhere go home. Else. Go home, Josh. <laughs> Joshua, whenever you get a chance. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'll, 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 I'll send you of his dick. Whose <laughs> dick? You're again. Um, so we talked a little bit with Bob last week about Tenant. Um, Tenant was supposed to be the big movie that brought box office back. Unfortunately, because so many big cities don't have theaters open, um, they're limited capacity. It, it, I mean, it was crazy how much Tenant was going to have to make to end up being profitable. Of course. It cost $200 million to make. Okay. And that was before all the marketing stuff that went into it. So it's made $200 207 million globally. That's a pretty good haul. Okay. Um, you got to imagine 207 considering everything, how much it would have made with a real run. It would have easily made four or 500 million already, you would think. Right. Um, it's unlikely that it's going to recoup that, which sucks, which is probably going to give directors more incentive to push their movies off. It, it There had to be a test run movie. I know Wonder Woman 1984 was already postponed. Um, they're, they're pushing off a bunch more here and there. Um, it, it sucks it, It's it, that we're going to have to wait even longer. Uh, I don't think that movies like Green Knight and St. Maud, like these more independent films, will have to worry as much. because should, should they go right to streaming at this point? I would or, think or, so. Or, or be, but because obviously it's not a big budget movie. Yeah, I would you think so. I mean? It would still make its money back. I would say those movies probably cost anywhere from 5 to $15 million to make maybe. They're not using big name stars. I, I need the Green Knight. I need Green Knight horribly. And I need, uh, I know Greenland just got pushed off. I, I really, I need Greenland. to see that so bad. Oh my God. I need a disaster movie. Ever. I, when I texted you guys in the theater, Joshua looked at He's like, yeah. That was my favorite. So, like, I guess I, so he goes, he's like, you got to watch this trailer, right? So I pull it up and I'm watching, and he goes, I'm like, I don't, I've never seen it before. And I guess I did at some point. Yeah, because he said he watched a trailer, but he needed it again. So I watched it again, and literally the first thing he goes, you know what the landlord told me? You and Taylor can go see (laughs) it. We were in the theater, theater and I'm like, she's like, could you believe what that movie looks like? I'm like, awesome. Looks (laughs) fucking great. It looks awesome. The only movie with Gerard Butler, I'm like, yeah. That I'm excited for. Um, Let's see. Um, This month, South Park is releasing a one-hour special. Um, okay. It's a pandemic episode. Thank God. There's, there were two shows I was waiting to see how they handled the pandemic. South Park and When It's Always Sunny comes back, how they're going to handle it. They've already done a quarantine episode, which yeah. is the funny thing. Oh, I, for the fl- well, yeah. I just want to be pure. Frank <laughs> Shaves. They're all locked in the bathroom. And they think they all have the flu, but it just turns out they had alcohol po- or alcohol withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, what, I mean, what was the other thing? Um, I, was, I wanted to see what Family Guy did, too, but, like, I don't give a shit about Family Guy hasn't been good for too long now. And then also, because I, uh, I follow uh, McElhaney on uh, on Instagram. Oh, he's the best. He they he just got back on set, so they're going to start filming Mythic Quest again. Oh, awesome! I, I haven't watched that yet. I heard it's really good. I heard that's really good. Because he literally, so he went on. I think it was Seth Meyers, and he was talking about. He's like, you know, what show you work on? He goes, Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet, and he goes, you know, we just make names of shows where people don't know what the fuck it is. It's like yeah, it's like like people who never watched before when he said, "What do you watch?" You go, 
say it's always sunny in Philadelphia. What's that about? Yeah, no, no one. What do you say? It's it's in Phil. They, they get the idea that it's in Philadelphia, but they have no other idea what it's about. It's never sunny in Philadelphia. Oh my god, dude! Every time I watch it, there's something else that makes me laugh. So every single time. Did you did did, uh, did you ever hear about how he came up with the idea of like how you know he grew up watching Friends, ironically, mm -hmm. and yeah. he said Friends was one of his favorite shows. And he goes, you know, progressively as these people get older, they get better looking, they make more yeah, money, yeah. and all this stuff. And he goes. But that's not real life. No. So naturally, I want these people to look. His show, it's always sunny. I always, I want these people to look worse. That's why Frank's hair is all fucked up more and more. That's Dude, why there's episodes where worse. Frank is sitting at the bar and he's just twirling his hair in his mouth and chewing it. Like he just has his hair on the sides and he's just going like. I'm on the episode now with the um, being Frank episode where it's all from the first person. That's one of my favorite and, episodes ever. Um, and uh, Pondy's the coolest. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Ponderosa. <laughs> I also like when he falls out of the window. That episode. <laughs> 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 toe knife, <It's> stupid. <laughs> the toe knife's the best. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like they all look worse. He he put such a commitment to his body between getting fat, getting skinny, getting jacked. Um, it's funny. Like some of them, Dennis looks so old. They all look old now. Obviously, yeah. Mac looks the best. Yeah. Rob McElhaney looks fucking great. D D's had kids, so I can't. Fo I don't want to say she also looks his old. Wife. Yeah, it's his wife. But I, she's had kids, and I can't imagine what forcing out human life is like on your fucking looking how old you are. Sure. Um, but Dennis. I was like, holy shit, his whole thing is supposed to be how good looking he is, and now he looks haggard. Now, Charlie Day looks exactly the same. Yeah, Charlie looks more or less the same, and Danny DeVito still is looks like a fucking troll. Um, <laughs> uh, they, one uh, thing that's exciting, uh, WB is in negotiations with Joaquin Phoenix and um, Todd Phillips about two Joker sequels that would make Joaquin Phoenix one of the, the highest paid actors in Hollywood. Generally, he does not get paid that much because he does a lot of... This was the biggest movie he's ever done, financially. Mm -hmm. um, $50 million for two sequels. Uh, no wait, word... Wait, hold on, he wasn't Gladiator, though. Yeah, but God, no one expects. Are you talking about like what he gets paid? Or what he gets, what, what, what he gets paid? No, what he gets paid. Okay, that's um, and you got Gladiator. Obviously, had a huge budget, but no one expected Gladiator to be that big of a movie and a, like an Academy Award winner going in. One and of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, it's one of my favorites. And what's weird, it wasn't critically acclaimed when it first came out. Well, history that doesn't has, make any sense. History has been kinder to it. Um, it's kind of like almost every Kubrick movie doesn't get great reviews when it first comes out, and then years later, the thing was the thing. One of the greatest horror sci-fi movies of all time was critically panned and is now considered one of the five best science fiction films of all time. You know, I'm actually, now that, now that I've even brought that up, I haven't seen Gladiator in years. That's what I'm doing this week. The I, Landlord I, I, and why I watched it a few months ago. I have to watch I, I watch have so it. much shit to watch this Russell Crowe's great in it, but Joaquin Phoenix is better. Joaquin Phoenix know, is a, a, it's a generational performance, but uh, I'll be pumped for some Joker sequels. I'm interested to see what kind of different direct, with what he did in the first movie to see how he became Joker. I want to see him in a full performance instead of the unwinding to see him unload for a fucking two hours. Yeah. Um, I'm in. I would see it, but again, I, I, I'm still, I, I, I didn't think the first, I thought it was a good movie, but I didn't think it's just That was crazy. one, the, the more I've watched it, the more I've liked it, and specifically, I love just the, the score in Joker's incredible, and Joaquin is just so unbelievable, and then the, the build-up on the talk show is next level. Um, so I'd be, I, I'm gonna see anything with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, did you see what I tagged you in on Twitter today with Kanye? Pissing on his Grammy. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, okay. Actually, I can't believe I, it. I, I fucking died, but I got to say, you know, we always joke about how we love what Kanye is doing, and it's mostly joking. I love what he's doing right now to the fucking big record labels. What like, calling them out. He's been going at them about... So, all this stuff's been coming out about his contracts. He released the PDFs of... He's owned by Universal under 10 different contracts. And in those contracts, it states that he at no point in his life can stop creating music. 
Oh, good. And they will own the master copies of his songs for, I think, 30 years after he dies. So he's trying to get all these artists together, Drake, Kendrick Lamar, Taylor Swift, um, to, to band together to go after the major record labels and get the rights to their music back. It's about time. They've been, he, they've been robbing artists blind he, for years. He talked to, he's been tweeting about how Michael Jackson was telling him, like, I don't own my music. Like, it's, I mean, dude, you own the Beatles. Shut the fuck up, Michael, you fucking diddler. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I really appreciate Kanye doing this because he's one of these people that has the voice to do it. And the way he shows that he doesn't care is he pisses on his Grammy. I was like, holy shit, he fucking swagger jacked me. It's me pissing on my Joey Porter jersey. But um, his, twi- his Twitter the last couple days has been mildly incoherent but when you look at it and what he's saying about the record labels about how they're pretty much slave masters obviously that's a really insensitive comparison because you're getting paid millions of dollars but as an artist you should have the right to do whatever you want with your writing it's your creation yeah it's your creation and Kanye is one of the greatest creators of his of our lifetime yeah I don't, I don't disagree with that I mean I think Life of Pablo is one of the worst records I've ever heard in my life but like, I, I've that, actually liked Life of Pablo more as the years have gone by but I mean again just looking at his discography they're really outside of that one release. I mean, everything for the most part is relatively At the good. bare minimum, it's produced incredibly. Yeah. Even Pablo, if you don't well, like it, the production I mean, on it's fucking he, great. He's one of the best producers. Not even rappers. He's one of the best producers of our time. It, it can't even be argued. So We, we, we thank him for Kid Cudi. We thank yep. him for doing a lot of stuff with Kendrick Lamar. Obviously, Drake. A lot of the bigger names in hip-hop that are still relatively good for the most part. Kanye is somewhat involved in. Yeah. So, I, I, again... Is he is he a bit of a loose cannon? Sure. Is it a bit of a troll? Sure. But at the same time, Kanye is Kanye. So I think him pissing on his Grammy is a bit of a hey, listen, man. Again, oh, shock said, value. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Because I'm Kanye. Like he also has apparently told people uh, that are part of his campaign for his presidential bid that he doesn't want them for fornicating outside of marriage. So. Well, so well that, that that goes to the Dave, the Dave Chappelle story he told on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and he goes when Kanye wasn't even a guy. He wasn't even signed he was just like he was up and coming and he's sitting in the studio with Kanye and he's like and they're playing some track back and he goes stop that and replay that that's why I'm the best and then someone calls him and he goes no I'm here I'm here with Dave Chappelle and he goes and he's here talking on the other line he goes because I'm dope and I do dope shit. He hangs up the phone. He's always been like that. But the thing is, is that that was that was pre that pre, was pre, pre registration. Kanye, yeah, pre pre college dropout. Yeah, yeah. So and he's you, been dude, like Kanye that for was a on the first time. season of Chappelle Show before even before college dropout. Well, thank God for Dave Chappelle and uh, Dave yeah. Chappelle's Block Party. Yeah, for introduced sure. me to Kanye West. Um, Taylor, did you see the uh, UFO the other day? <laughs> Yeah, it was the fucking Goodyear blimp. <laughs> Dude, people were going nuts. I saw there just a picture of him. Like, looks like a blimp. Dude, I so I, I it's at, a UFO. At my office, I walk out. I'm leaving. I'm locking up for the night, and I look up and I see this thing, and I'm looking at it, and I go, "Is that the fucking Goodyear blimp?" And, and the first thing I thought of was from that '70s show with Leo Hyde and Kelso laying on the ground, just staring up, like trying to look for a UFO, and it's like. Leo looks up and he's like, "Yeah, I saw saw a UFO once at a Packers game." It's like, what color was it? Oh, it was blue and yellow. Leo, what what did uh, what did it say? Was it at a football game? Yeah, it told me I was gonna have a good year. Stupid aliens! It's a terrible year. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just a, a silly thing, and then just like, hey, Kelsey, remember the time you saw the abominable snowman? Yeah, what it turned out to be? Just a regular just snowman. Just a regular snowman. Well, that's what's great. So the only reason it didn't look like a blimp to people is because of the weird shit happening with uh, because I mean you've seen what the sun has looked like the last few mornings and nights. It's been like pink, hazy. That's from the wildfires out west. Yeah, I know. It's coming all the way over here, and it just the way to dude. When I was driving down twenty three today, coming into uh, Riverdale, the fu- you know sometimes you get like a good fog right there. 
fucking shit was so low. Like, it looked like I was driving into the fucking mist. I was like, this is fucking crazy that that shit all the way out here is coming all the way over here. But thankfully, um, it's going to get cooler. Um, Thank you, POTUS. Um, The next thing I have here before we get into NFL stuff uh, today was the PS5 announcement. Some really cool stuff there, specifically um, the price point. Now, Josh, you had said you were going to get um, the Xbox Series S um, because it was two ninety nine. Yep. Um, and you were ex- were you expecting the digital version of the PS five to be more than four hundred dollars? Uh, no. Okay, so you're still going to get the Xbox first. Does the Xbox come out first? Yes, it does. What's oh, the date the, of the, the Xbox? It's it, no, it's it's like first week of November as opposed okay. to November twelfth. Yeah. November twelfth. Okay. Yeah. All what right, I'll it, probably do with the Xbox, honestly, is uh, I'll probably do the uh, what do they call it? A Game Pass Ultimate or Game Pass? Yeah, it's like yeah. 15, 15, 20 bucks a month. And no, you, no, 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 no. Oh. The, it's thirty bucks a month, and you get the console. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just going to wait for the PS5. I, because oh, it's I, like a payment plan. Like, you pay them $30 oh, a you month, ha- oh, you have the, oh. and you get... The, it might be forty. I, I don't remember. Oh, you're it's, talking about... So you're paying for the... Con- as if it's like... As, yeah. if it's like a, as if it's like a credit card payment, almost. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. No, I, I thought you were talking about because there's an actual Game Pass. Like, there's a PSN Now. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, games, sure. Because I pay for the Game Pass Now, and I still don't know how to fucking cancel my subscription. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been, it's been charging me like fifteen dollars well, a month for the last year. The, so the other thing, we, so four hundred bucks for the PS Five. I'm definitely going to pre-order it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's already here. It's November twelfth. The cool thing is with like games like Madden, they already announced that we're going to be able to upgrade right to the PS Five version yeah. and get all our shit brought over, which is fucking dope. Um, and it, some of the like, games. That's why I'm mad because all my mutt shit is on my Xbox. <laughs> yeah, piss. So I'm like, uh, I think you'll be able to do it for the Xbox. But you're getting the PlayStation. I'm, so. I, I'm not getting Xbox You'll first. Just, yeah, wait for it. I'm getting PlayStation. Um, the other thing is some of the games. They announced uh, the Spider-Man with Miles looks fucking dope. Good. Um, uh, the Resident Evil, the Village looks fucking dope. Um, and then the big reveal at the end was God of War Ragnarok, yeah. which I don't know. I think they said it's gonna be early 2021. It's coming out. It's not a release title, but it should be within the first quarter of 2021, I guess. Yeah, New Horizon Zero Dawn's gonna be fucking great too. I had never played it, so I don't know. It's good. Is it okay? It's, it's, it's a good RPG. Uh, I'm pumped, man. It's cool. I mean, 400 bucks for digital. I mean, GameStop is really fucked now. They're selling consoles that are only digital. Yeah. They got no shot because I think most people are going to go for the digital console. Um, I'm going to do the digital one on the Xbox, but I'm going to get the disc one on the PlayStation. You still buy discs? Um, they do buy physical media, honestly. Not for games, but uh, but Blu-rays, I will. Can you just keep your PS4 hooked up and use that as the Blu-ray player? No, because it does not play 4K Blu-rays. Oh, good not, point. Not even, not even the PS Pro? No. No, no, no shit. shit. That's, yeah, that's, and, my, and my 4K Blu-ray player shit the bed, so I just have all these movies that I can't fucking watch. That sucks. That's part of why I haven't watched... Um, Endgame again? Uh <laughs> You. No, the Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna knew where oh, he was going. Okay. Endgame again. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, All right. No, but uh, I. So that's. I'm glad you touched on that because I wanted to finally say something that's going to make Josh very happy. Okay. Because it's what's widely known that I've been an Xbox guy. For yeah, a long sure, time. sure. Over 150,000 gamer score it means nothing. 15 years no, of my life dedicated to nothing. It's nothing compared to Wallers. <laughs> 250,000. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm full full board. PlayStation guy now, man. I, yeah. I just because Bloodborne put me over the top. Just it's just and, the and, games, and man. I was having this conversation with two of my buddies who uh, are, are strictly Xbox guys. All they have is Xbox or Switch. I happen Chris. I happen to have all no someone oh. different. Okay. I happen to have all three, and I said, listen, when it comes to exclusives, 
Halo and Gears of War cannot just hold exclusivity to Xbox, and that's the reason why I get it. As much as Gears of War is one of my favorite games of all time. But it hasn't been the same Gears of War since, what, 3? Well, yeah, 3. 4 was I mean, good, but it wasn't... 4 was good. I dug 5. 5 was really good, it's, I thought. 5 was okay. It was just very short. Yeah, that's the biggest that problem. Was, I felt like 3 issue. was even kind of short compared to 1 and 2. Well, no, 3 was long as fuck. What? I, I, maybe uh, well, I, it's so I, long since I, I played. I played it on Insane. Yeah, so I did it not, It took me no. 12 fucking no, hours, no. but um, just... From exclusives, the Spider-Man game. Even though the even though they uh, they ported Dude, Bloodborne MLB over, the show, but it's going to be on Xbox. Well, now, MLB anyway. the show, but the thing is, all the sports games I want to play are on both consoles. If I want to play Madden, I'll do it on PlayStation. If I want to play NBA, I'll do it on PlayStation. Yeah, because then we can share cards with each other. Exactly. Yeah. But the the other thing I also like too is that I like I sat there one day and I looked and I'm like I held the Xbox controller in my hand and I held the PlayStation controller. Oh, it's and I was so like good. it's night and day. The yeah. PlayStation controller is better. It feels better. Just it just the way it just once you make the change, better. it's completely. Because listen, I, I went from PlayStation 2 to the original Xbox, and just the hard drive, being able to put your own music on it was a game changer. The loading time was better on the Xbox. Right. Um, and then I got a 360 because at the time when they first dropped the 360, even if you paid for the online play, it was better game. Especially playing like Halo 3. That was the one that changed online gaming was Halo 3. Big facts. It was great. And Xbox 360 had great exclusives. PlayStation 3 did as well. I, got, uh, I had a PlayStation 3. I sold it. I got it again when Last of Us came out, which happened to be the last fucking game on PlayStation 3, really. Yeah. Um, and and then when the PS4 came out, I got the PS4. I got an Xbox One, gave it to my sister because right. I played. I bought the newest, the Dead Rising when it first came out. It wasn't that good. I wanted to play Dead Rising, but this ain't that good. Um, Dead Rising Four was fun. It was alright. If, if you're just farming, oh, kills. but Dead Rising Four is on PlayStation, and I haven't even played it. Well, that's what I'm. It was well, Dead Rising Three saying. that came out on the uh, Xbox but, One. But, but my whole thing is, every single game I could play on Xbox, I could play on PlayStation. Not only it's a better console, because looking at it now, I have so many different things that can stream. I have a smart TV. I have an Apple TV. I have a switch I can game Apple on. TV. I have I have I have so many things I could stream on. Your right? iPad, everything. Yeah. I don't need a media console when I have so many other things that could that take care of that specifically. I get the game box because I want to play games. Yeah, for and sure. PlayStation is legitimately it's a that. superior gaming console. And I so much and I I've officially on Team PlayStation. All right, now. very so, good. PlayStation Digital. I'm not getting the disc. Yeah, I'm not, digital. I have a four. I haven't bought a physical disc it. since. Uh, 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 Battlefront. Dude, I think it's the last physical disc I bought. Dude, my, my buddy Marcus still trades in games. What? Like, he, he was telling me a day, he goes, you know, I got these two games and I'll go trade this in and I'll go get this one. I go, why don't you just be a fucking adult and buy it on, and buy it online for full price? And he's like, well, why the fuck would I do that? Because I, I own it. You do, but you own it forever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I have Bloodborne for the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. Also, because I, uh, so I, I played Dark Souls on Xbox, and the controls and the way it goes is so shitty. And then when you play it on PlayStation, it's just seamless. They should do something on, like, a PlayStation store. And I think they'll eventually do this, where once you buy, especially with the digital consoles, once you buy, you cure points. Like, you spend a certain amount. So and then Nintendo you get, like, has that. Yeah, like, you get rewards points, where you get $10 off your next purchase or whatever. That's a great idea. That's what that Nintendo did that, and I had bought enough games at one point where I got Breath of the Wild for free. Yeah, that's cool. They, they should do that. Um, all right, let's get into our NFL stuff, guys. Um, before we get to our picks and uh, recapping games from last week, um, I saw a thing. It was the, the betting odds on who the first coach to get fired this season is. Yep. Um, obviously, there were some upsets this week. Uh, we thought going into the season that Doug Marone would be the first coach fired. He was the favorite. Who do you think the favorite is now to be the first coach fired? First Betting coach, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, what do you think? Who's the coach for... The no, not the Chargers. Who's the fucking head coach? Not the uh, Lions. No, not Pat not Matt Patricia. What the fuck? What is he? Uh, not Frank Reich. Maybe Frank Reich. Sure. Well, uh, Frank Reich with his first uh, with his first uh, what what uh, with the Colts. 
Um, no, he's actually not even uh, on here. Um, the favorite now is Adam Gaze at plus 300. Um, number two is Matt Patricia at plus 350. Next is Dan Quinn at plus 600. Doug Marone at plus 750. What about Matt Nagy? Um, I'm going to get to him. Bill O'Brien is the is a steep drop-off from Marone at plus 750. Bill O'Brien's next at plus 1100. And then uh, Matt Nagy and Anthony Lynn are next at uh, plus 2500. Anthony Lynn was another one I was thinking of for the Chargers. They, they won. They won. So, I yeah, mean, but still, he's not that good of a coach. No, he's not. I mean, listen, I don't think he's that bad but I don't think he's that good. He's got a little too much of the Rex Ryan style in him for me, which makes sense since he came from the Rex Ryan system. Yep. Um, all right, so last week in our, our week one picks, Josh, uh, just like last year, came away uh, with the best record at 11 and four, 11 and five, rather. Um, Taylor and I both went seven and nine. Um, so it's okay. It, there's plenty of time for Josh to blow it. Um, fucking dart, dude. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so why don't we get into uh, the first game, the Thursday night game uh, is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. The Bengals... Um, um, blowing the kick at the end to tie it and send in the uh, um, uh, overtime. Fucking after, asshole got a cramp. Uh, uh, got a cramp in his kicking leg, and he said it was he got a cramp in my left leg. And then you look at the he's holding his right leg. Yeah, he's holding. Stupid yeah. Idiot. Um. So he was one of these dudes that uh, Geo brought it up that uh, you, the, when a wide receiver drops a pass, he lays on the ground like he just got hurt, and then he gets up no problem. So he was faking being hurt. Um. Cleveland getting demolished by Baltimore. Great team in Baltimore. Better team than the Chargers played in the Bengals. Um. The the Browns at last. I saw as of yesterday were six point favorites at home on Thursday night. Um, short travel week for Cincinnati. I don't think I'm to travel far. It's fucking Ohio. Um, <laughs> so uh, the Browns looked really bad. The Bengals were competitive at least. Um, I'm still going to roll with the Browns just based on talent. Um, again, the, the Thursday night games gen- tend to favor the home team. I think that uh, the, the Browns defense is actually pretty good. It's just really hard to play against Lamar Jackson, who seems to be getting better. He looked amazing last week, specifically on his vertical passing game. Uh, yeah, he fucked me. I think on my fucking he's gonna get a rushing touchdown. Nope. The, and one of the things we saw with the Browns um, last week was specifically special team struggles, which is what we I, I we had said a couple weeks ago coming in that special teams was going to be a big thing you see struggles with. But I think when you're playing a team like the Bengals that lack the depth, that lack the explosive firepower, not that the Browns are necessarily uh, strong in that area, but they're not the the Bengals are not as good a defense as the as the Ravens are. the The Browns defense is better than the Chargers defense is. Um, so I think Cleveland wins this one in a pretty close game, actually. Yeah, I'll take Cleveland as well, but. Uh, uh, don't expect Cleveland to cover the five and a half. Yeah. Um, is that what it is now? It was six yesterday, so yeah, now it's, it's five and a half? Five and a half. Now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just Again, they're just a better team. I think I'm very impressed with Joe Burrow. He was very poised in the pocket. Yeah, in the fourth quarter in that last drive specifically until A.J. Green fucking pushed off, and that was a push-off. Yeah, no, 100% was a push-off. Uh, I just really think that there's a lot of good things going in Cincinnati. They have a lot of young building blocks with some veteran presence on that team, but I think it's just now is not the year and now yeah. is not the time. Cleveland needs a bounce back week after last week. I mean, what do you expect against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, who are the second favorites in the AFC? Yeah, correct. Um, it's only a matter of time, but um, I just don't believe in Baker Mayfield long term. But for this game, yes, I believe in uh, Baker Mayfield and right. the Cleveland Browns. Josh, not going to um, cover five and a half though. I uh, I'm going to take the Browns too. I just don't like picking against a home team on Thursday. On Thursday night. Yeah. I will say that uh, I agree with Taylor. I like Joe Burrow. Uh, I think that he showed. Tremendous promise in his first game. I don't 
like Baker Mayfield. I don't think I think that Baker Mayfield's going to bust out within the Dude, next couple of years. He has I mean, zero, it's, his, it's his third straight offensive coordinator. Zero touch on any of his throws. He fastballs everything, which is fine when you had to fit it in a tight window. But sometimes you need a touch over the defender I, in that tight window, and he just has zero touch on his passes. I'm also going to say I think he's going to be better without Odell Beckham because it, I think Beckham, so too. Well, it's the same thing with Matt Stafford. He, he got was better, better without with Calvin Johnson. And, and Matt, Calvin Johnson wasn't a headache. Like I mean, Odell Beckham's body language in that second half was horrific. So he, he gave up. It's it's he gave it's up. Gonna it's gonna come back around. You know we haven't seen that Odell that we know. Don't worry, he's gonna get traded to the Falcons. And he's gonna get shitted oh, on. Stop. <laughs> uh, okay, our next game, the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the big upsets last week, uh, beating the Colts, facing the Tennessee Titans, who. Uh, one on Monday night against your Denver Broncos. Yeah, Taylor. we'll get to that. Um, last I, I saw yesterday, Tennessee were nine-point favorites at home. Um, I think that's a good spread. I think Jacksonville kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Uh, everyone underestimating them. Gardner, uh, Gardner Minshew plays with a little swagger, you know, but I don't think he's as good as his line indicated. The best opening week in NFL history. Best opening week in NFL history on a Sunday. Um, only in, one incomplete pass. Uh, the Colts, uh, Phillip Rivers handed the, the Jaguars the game. Um, it looks like he's done. Um, so I'm going to take Tennessee in this one. I know they won ugly against the Browns, but that's Broncos. how they—that uh, sorry, the Broncos. That's how they win football games. They win in the trenches. They they want an ugly game. The Jaguars will give them an ugly game. The Jaguars are still one of the least talented teams in this league, um, and I think that's going to show in this game. I think Tennessee it'll be close early on, but they're going to pull away late and win by ten points. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Tennessee as well. Um, I think that this is, I mean, last week, Derrick Henry had a quiet 110 yards rushing, 113 yards rushing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm going to take Tennessee to win, but they're not going to cover nine and a half points. Okay, it's a divisional game. It's I, harder to cover that. I also just think that there's a swagger with Jacksonville and Gardner Minshew. That even though they caught lightning in a bottle last week against a very superior team, I definitely think Jacksonville is going to have that thing where it's like, oh, we're tanking, but we're going to win five games. Like Miami did last year. Exactly, and not get the best traffic we possibly can. But again, I picked Tennessee to win, but they're not going to cover nine, nine or nine and a half points, depending gotcha. on what sports book you use. Josh? I'm a Mike Vrabel guy. I really am. I love him. Fuck off. <laughs> so you're taking Tennessee? Yeah, as well. I'm taking Tennessee. I All right, get, I, I'm Minshew's. I like it. I like the. I like the whole the the shtick. And he's not going to be the quarterback next year when they get Trevor I, Lawrence. Here's the thing: I don't even think he, it's a shtick. I think he's a no. That's good just him. Quarterback. I think he's a solid quarterback. I need to see. I want to see more because he had a few good games last year, but people are forgetting how horrible he was in his last four games or so. He started out really good. Book came out on him. Wasn't as good. So it'll be interesting to see as he plays better defenses what happens. This is going to be a tough test for him. Yeah. Um, all right. Next game is uh, the New York Giants at the Chicago Bears. The Giants uh, starting out the game well against the Steelers before really just uh, nothing in the second half until um, garbage time. And the Bears with a miraculous comeback victory. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky having a fantastic fourth quarter or Matt Patricia having one of the worst fourth quarters possible. Or DeAndre Swift, I guess I could say, dropping a pass. He's a rookie. I can't get on him too much. It, it was wide open, but whatever. Uh, the Bears are five and a half point favorites at home, which I think is crazy because I think the New York football Giants are going to win this game. Um, I still don't like Trubisky. I still don't really like the Bears. Uh, Khalil Mack's been limited in practice this week. The Giants uh, have not been able to establish a running game. They can't get any blockers forward for Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, they didn't, their pass protection wasn't particularly great, even though Daniel Jones can move around a little bit. Um, the biggest, my biggest issue with Saquon Barkley is that in his third year, he is still one of the worst run blocking running back or pass blocking oh, yeah, running backs. It's, it's, it's horrible. If you have that kind of physicality that he does, 
at that point, I think that you just don't want to block, which I, I think you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Th three years, in, two years in as a running back, you should be at least be able to chip pretty well if you're going to get out into the flat. He doesn't do any of that, not giving Daniel Jones any time. The Daniel Jones put together that amazing 19-play drive until that interception in the end zone, and I still have major concerns about his uh, decision-making. He has all the physical prowess you want, but it seems like when he things fall apart and he has to get a little creative is when he makes his biggest mistakes. And against the Bears with their defense, you can't really do that. But despite that, I think the Giants are going to win a close game, relatively low scoring. Uh, I'm going to take the Bears. I think the Bears are going to ride high off that win last week where they really shouldn't have won. That could be um, a tone setter for their season. And I mean, it could be the spark that gets Trubisky the confidence he needs to actually make the throws because it seemed like when he lost his confidence, almost like Steven Matz, he got the fucking yips. You know what I mean? So I think that the Bears will cover the five and a half. I think that they're going to win the game. And I think that's going to fall solely on the defense. The defense is going to get a couple of really big turnovers because Daniel Jones is prone to turning the ball over. Even though the interception was not entirely his fault, it was a freak thing and he got hit as he, he was He should have just tucked it away. He was trying to get... I understand he's, he's trying, trying to make, make a, a play. play on Monday night. And listen, I totally understand. You're, you're the Giants. You yeah. So, like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a status thing as well. But Sure. Um, yeah, give me the Bears. Give me the points. Did Jacob DeGrom get hurt? I hope not. He only he only pitched two innings. Well, maybe he has back tightness and get him the fuck out. Then. Let's see. All right, just uh, tail, uh, Josh, who are you taking? Uh, I'm going to take the Bears along with Taylor in this one. You got a guy like Saquon Barkley. You got all the physical gifts there, and you rush him 15 times for six yards. You can't. You can't even open a little hole for that guy to get through. Nope. Hey, come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's bad. one thing. You know, the Bears uh, have a historically decent defense. Always, they very rarely field a bad defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they can just plug up those those holes, the Giants don't have anything to do. Big facts. And I think uh, Akeem Hicks is going to have a monster game. Okay. Um, the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams coming off losses. Um, the Falcons game wasn't as close as the score indicated. Matt Ryan's the leading passer right now, but how much of it was when they were already behind by two, two three scores at that point? Um, it wasn't even that competitive of a game. Um, uh, Dallas should have won. They should have at least tied and got to overtime. Mike McCarthy electing to go for it on fourth down, um, which was uh, a boneheaded play. And then the play you designed doesn't even the pass doesn't even go to the first. It's also on Ceedee Lamb a little bit, be, uh, not, not having not having the awareness to get to the sticks at sure, least. Sure, sure, but I you designed the play where the pass isn't even the route isn't even at the first down marker, which is my, what Mike McCarthy was doing in Green Bay his last few years too. Um, Josh, this is your team, your game. Uh, yeah, Matt Ryan's probably going to throw for 5,000 yards this year in a losing <laughs> season. So, you know, that's going to be great. Uh, can't wait to see the stats at the end of the year because that's all I have look, to look forward to is just stats. Garbage time uh, stats. So I will see uh, Matt Ryan probably throw for 400 yards again. You'll probably see um, at least a touchdown for, uh, for Ridley. You'll definitely won't see a touchdown for Jones. Um, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Uh, Dak's going <laughs> to fucking throw all over this piss-poor defense with their fucking... Defensive backs, they can't fucking stop anything. Uh -huh. They're just going to let guys run past them all day. That's what they do. Um, fuck this team. Fuck Dan Quinn. Uh, so who are you taking? Taking the Cowboys. Okay. Taylor? I want to take opposite to Josh, but I can't in good faith because the Cowboys are going to beat the shit out of Falcons, man. And the thing is the Falcons <laughs> are going to score a lot of points, just not enough. I'm telling you, man, because D Dallas was good enough for me to have faith going forward in tight games that might that might not happen again. It might be a freak thing. Week one, crazy shit happens in week yeah, one. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? But 
I think moving forward, yeah, he's so upset. He's All you need is a defense that can stop another team from scoring well, maybe, more than 24 maybe points. Maybe a running game. Too. More than 24 points. If you could stop them from scoring Talk 24, 20, if you could stop them from scoring 25 points, this team can win games. But they can't fucking stop teams from scoring 25 points because they're going to let them score fucking 37 points and fucking 32 points and fucking 33 points. And every fucking game, they're going to score All at least 30 points. points. And we're going to score like fucking 27, maybe 30, because we're just going to throw the ball a bunch. And, and 14 no, points in no gar- balance. To 14 their, points in garbage time. You're going to have no time to actually develop a running game because you're going to be down two scores early. Because you, you thought Todd Gurley was the answer. Yeah. What do you yeah got if he's news? the answer, what's the question? I'm also taking Dallas. Um, I think that uh, they're going to keep Matt Ryan and the offense on the sidelines and grind out the clock. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking Dallas. Next game, Taylor's Denver Broncos coming off their loss. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who beat the Giants. Taylor, uh, Steelers are seven-point favorites at home. Um, return for Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers' defense looked damn good. Mm-hmm. Please take it away. All right, where do I start with this fucking fossil we have as a head coach? And this Jim Fossil? Sh- this piece of shit. <laughs> this piece of shit. Offensive quarter. Would you rather Jim Fossil? This fucking asshole piece of shit. Doesn't know. Oh, let's go for it on fourth and one, which is technically the right call, but great play call, asshole. What do you think you are, Bruce Arians? What's pass? a shovel pass? What is that? To Jake Butt? When you have one of the best young fucking Wait, tight ends in Noah who, Fant? Who, who's Butt? You're. Jake's. Jake's you're. You're Jake's. <laughs> Jake's you're. Jake's you're. Stupid. But l- listen. It's it's it was deplorable. The, the the time management was absolutely horrendous at the end of the game. The, the, he's walking on the sideline and he's looking. And he goes, "Well, Matt, uh, well, Matt Guskowski. Well, Guskowski fucking missed four kicks tonight. Technically three because the one fourth because one was blocked by Shelby Harris. Fucking extend him, John, please. You're it's a great book by the way. And I'm telling you, Denver has the ability to win ten games this year." And it just you saw you saw everything change when Philip Lindsay was out of the lineup. When Philip Lindsay and yep. Melvin Gorvin were both on the lineup, the offense was clicking on all cylinders. With Drew Locke missing a couple throws here or there, which is fine. This is his first full year starting with actually on paper a good offensive coordinator. But you have this fucking dinosaur, conservative. Piece of shit. And I don't even care if he's right wing. He's conservative. And I fucking hate it. He's like, you, first of all, you go that for it on go for, China. You go for it on fourth down, right? You go for it on fourth down, but for some reason, hey, going in first half against the Steelers, we're going to have six timeouts instead of three because I didn't use mine last week. Yeah, and you, you saw his excuse for why he didn't. You, you saw that article about why he wasn't using his timeouts. Well, he's probably going to miss it. I didn't want him to get closer. That it's is, a 25-yard fucking that chip is shot. offensive. For a professional kicker, I don't care if he missed four fucking field goals. And also, goals. He's, he, going to that game, Goskowski was the fifth most accurate field goal kicker in NFL and history. And he dropped to eighth. Ninth. Ninth is what it Ninth. is. Ninth. Well, but, but again, mm-hmm. you can't expect a guy to miss all his field goals in a game. That rarely happens with even the worst kickers. And your defense played so fucking well, you had a terrible penalty on Alexander Johnson that ESPN decided just not to show at a big pivotal moment on a third and long, he gets a 15-yard penalty on a first down, and we don't see what the fuck happens. Whoa, big fucking whoop. A.J. Bouye's hurt. See, uh, uh, Cortland Sutton is probably not going to play this uh, this week. Philip Lindsay's out with turf toe. And what the fuck is a turf toe anyway? He's going to be out for six fucking it's weeks. very painful. Oh, good. Great. Grand. Terrific. The best offensive weapon we got is now out six weeks because of a Wait, fucking Wait, Philip out six weeks? Six weeks. Well, at least, you got, Mel- at least you got Melvin Gordon. Oh, that's great. 
He's, he, the only turnover was him fucking fumbling the goddamn ball. Good job, Melvin, you fucking cunt. Go back to L.A. because no one fucking wants you in Denver because you suck. You're the worst. There's a reason why you held out and you didn't get paid because you're not that fucking good. And then they let you run because Austin Eckler, you got replaced by an undrafted rookie out of fucking nowhere because you suck. That's why. You want a big-time contract? How about you hold on to the fucking ball, you piece of shit? And how about Vic Fangio? How about you die already, you fucking cunt? Seriously. What the fuck is that? You got five minutes left and three timeouts. You're going to let him drive down the fucking field? What is that? What the fuck is that? Are you kidding me? How? There's a reason why you've been in the league 40 fucking 60 years. And your first fucking head coaching job is in Denver. Of course it's in Denver. Of course. You got fucking Mike McCarthy. We got this fucking fossil. This fucking cunt. Who's cunt? You're... All because he coached defense in Chicago. He knows what he's talking about with defense. Good for fucking him. Fucking dickhead. My mic's not even working. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. I can't hear myself. This shit's broken. <laughs> you broke it. Fuck. No, no. I, you're, you're working. I had to turn you down a lot. You were popping. You kept, kept, you kept popping the fucking thing, dude. Fuck the Broncos. You couldn't stop Corey Davis. You couldn't stop AJ Brown. You couldn't stop John U. Smith. Who the fuck is that guy? And you can't and, and you barely held Derrick Henry to 113 fucking yards. The only good thing you did all week. The only good fucking thing you did all week. Wait. Steelers. Steelers. The Steelers are gonna win. Because you know why? They can't stop the pass. AJ Bouye is gone. He might as well be fucking dead. He sucks. Fuck him. But he's a really good cornerback. Yeah, when he's on the field. And he couldn't stop Corey Davis? Corey Davis is a pretty good receiver. When? He stopped A.J. Brown. No. Yeah. A.J. Brown caught a lot of big passes in the fourth de- in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know but why? You, you stopped. Because A.J. Bouye was hurt. But you got you traded. You loved the trade when it happened. Yeah, it was great. Okay, but Taylor, Taylor, look. You you knew it was going to be an ugly game, right? Like it was going to be low. Man. It was low scoring. Shouldn't have been. You thought they should have blown out the Titans? The they Titans have, have a good defense. The way the first half the went, they should have won by minimum yeah. of seven points. Absolutely. Okay. So this, is what, this is what Josh does. Because I can hear it. Don't actually hear it through the headphones. Because I can't hear it. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. You know what Josh is really good at? He's trying to make me look like a dickhead. He's really fucking good at it. Because you know why? He likes picking on me. Because you know why? He used to be my boss. Oh, good for you, dude. Taylor's got a lot of resentment. So, Taylor, who are you picking yeah, in this game? Josh. Who are you picking? Broncos, no, no, Steelers. Steelers, easy, and they're going to cover. Uh, Josh, who are you taking? Uh, ben Roethlisberger is going to throw for a lot of yards in this game. Yeah, I'm also taking the Steelers. I think it's going to be a close game. I actually think they're going to do a decent job against Ben, but I think that uh, the Steelers' defense is going to overwhelm Drew Locke, and just uh, he's still young. Uh, it's really, it's maybe the best defense in the league. Um, so, I'm taking the Steelers. All right, Taylor, relax. We're going to talk about the Vikings and the, the Colts, okay? Both teams. Oh, good. Vikings looked horrible against the Packers. Uh, Green Bay looked great. Colts, uh, Phillip Rivers looked terrible against the Jaguars. And the Colts are three-point favorites at home, uh, which I think is crazy because I'm taking the Vikings. Um, their defense isn't what it was, but it's still a very good defense. I, I really I, I hate that I'm taking Kirk Cousins in back-to-back weeks, and he's going to fuck me again probably because that's all he does is fuck you because Kirk Cousins fucking sucks. Um, but I, the Colts lost Marlon Mack. I really love the rookie Jonathan Taylor. Um, I want to see more of him. He should be getting the bulk of the touches now because I think that kid's a fucking stud. Um, Rivers... 
Stanford, right? Yeah, Rivers tends to have um, games where he, you know, he has a bad game, and the next week he's good. And you're like, oh, he figured it out. And the next week he throws four interceptions. So that could happen here. I think it's going to be a really high scoring game, but I'm going to take the Vikings. I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a big game. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts in a bounce back week. I don't think they have back-to-back weeks that bad. I think it was just a dud win. Because Phillip Rivers is still a good quarterback, in my opinion. And I know it's, it's 17 years in the league. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I do think that the Colts will have a bounce-back week. Um, you know, T.Y. had a lot, a lot of big drops. Yeah. It was just a lot of miscues on offense, which I think could be easily corrected. Because yeah, Frank sure. is such a great offensive mind yeah. at, uh, as a coach. Um, and going against the Vikings, who, again, laid an egg. It is what it is. Um, Aaron Rodgers just owns them. It's it, just it's, it's listen when it comes to Packers Vikings ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's going to yeah. be the fucking Packers. But this week you're going to take the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts. Josh, uh, I'm going to take the Colts too. Uh, I think that uh, you stop know, picking the same as me. I'm not trying to. You guys have picked every game the same. <laughs> um, I think that uh, you know when you look at a guy like T Y Hilton, he missed a lot of time last year. They didn't have a preseason, so you know you're going to you're going to see things that you don't normally see from a guy like him, like the drops. Uh, Rivers, like you said. You know, he's up and down, always ebbs and flows every year for the last four or five years. Yeah. Um, I just, um, wow, I just saw Taylor's entire ass. <laughs> Whose ass? <laughs> Kitchen didn't get a good enough plug, <laughs> dude. His yeah. whole fucking ass is out. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, so Colts. Because it's uh, so big? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Now you're just making fun of yourself, dude. It smells like duty in here. What did now. I do? <laughs> Fuck you. Go on vacation. Taylor's got to do everything. <laughs> I'm not the one who told you you had to do it. He did. Yeah, it's true. So he's my boss, too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, dude. Um, all right, next game, uh, the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Panthers coming off a, a close loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. That was such um, bullshit, man. Uh, that was such a close fucking game. The, the Bucks coming off the loss uh, to the, the Saints, where Tom Brady did not look great. Um, the, the, in general, they didn't look very good. Uh, this, the Bucks are nine-point favorites at home. I'm going to still ride with the Bucks here. Um, I just think that... Tom Brady is one of those guys. He doesn't lose back-to-back games often, uh, even when he's not playing his best. I think that uh, he's going to get it cleaned up. I think the Panthers' def- Panthers' defense still isn't very good. Uh, we saw they weren't very good against a average Raiders defense. Um, the the Raiders' def- uh, the Panthers' defense is not the Saints' defense. They don't have the pass rush. They don't have the corners. They don't have the linebackers. I think Tom Brady's going to pick them apart, and I think they're going to win by double digits. Uh, yeah, this is the week where uh, the fucking Bucks go for forty points. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a little weird because Godwin is in concussion protocol. Yeah, uh, as of this morning, so obviously time will tell if he plays. But even so, even with Gronkowski and OJ Howard, I, I don't think Ronald this game's Jones gonna be that close. And Mike Evans, that offense is too good. Yeah, so. and the Bucks have a very good defense. Yeah, they do. You know, they, do. they just laid an egg against a better offense. Yeah, that's, that's all. all that happens. That's all. They couldn't find a rhythm, but I think it's it's a much different defense they're facing. Uh, Josh. Fuck both of these teams. I'm taking the Bucks. Okay. Uh, next game is my team, uh, the Buffalo Bills, coming off the win over the Jets, where they really should have won by 42. Big facts. Um, uh, against the Dolphins, who uh, had a close game uh, at the end against the Patriots. Um, Cam Newton ran all over them. Um, they did their their pass defense held up pretty good. Uh, he, I think, only against the, the three corners uh, in Jones, Howard, who only played 30 snaps, and the rookie, whose name I cannot pronounce, only gave <laughs> yeah. up a combined like 100 yards passing. Um, couldn't defend Cam Newton running. Uh, got ran on for 200 
yards. Uh, Fitzpatrick had a Fitz tragic game. Two of the interceptions were not his fault. Uh, the first one, uh, Preston Williams slipped. Preston Williams played a great game against Stephon Gilmore. Uh, he had only had 40 receiving yards, but he drew two 40-yard defensive pass interference calls, which yeah. is massive. And frankly, they, those, they might as well be receptions. Yeah, they might yeah. as well. Um, and then the last interception was another. It was a missed call. I, you know, I don't make excuses for losses when they had a chance to get it within three points. Mike Gazeki got mugged in the end zone. Uh, should have been DPI, and the league admitted it this week. Whatever. But it was a t- typical Fitzpatrick game when Devontae Parker went out with the hamstring. The offense changed dramatically. Um, I'm not. I, I Buffalo is going to win this game, but I'm not picking Buffalo. Um, they, uh, Josh Allen is a faster version of Cam Newton. Um, right at this point in his career, um, he should have his way with them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see them coming down with the, there being some fans there and the heat in Miami. Um, this is the right time to bring them down there, just like us going to, up to Buffalo in November and December is the worst thing for Miami. Uh, I'm only picking them on blind faith because I think that they're. I don't think they're going to be as poor against the run, specifically the running quarterback, as they were last week. They didn't seem prepared for it because no one expected Cam to be able to run like he did, like he did five year, five years ago. Yep. So I think they're going to be more prepared for it. Really like what I saw from Christian Wilkins and the linebacker Jerome Baker, who had 16 tackles last week, mostly because the defensive line couldn't stop him besides Wilkins. Uh-huh. Um, but Buffalo should win this game uh, as five and a half point favorites, but I'm going to pick my team until I really see play that pisses me off. So uh, I wasn't too mad last week. It was about what really realistically probably should have happened, um, but I'm going to take my team. Uh, give me Buffalo. They're just a better yeah, team. I, I'm not disagreeing. They're, they're going to they're gonna stop uh, Miami yeah. in their tracks on, on offense. That's about it. Yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo too. Just Fitzpatrick is uh, like you said last week uh, when he's awarded the starting job with it's, no. He sucks. It's the fifth cycle. It's a cycle where you go through in a in, in it's in time with a team. Fans go through every emotion with Brian Fitzpatrick. They don't want him. They love him. They hate him. That's the the start. That's how it goes with him. Uh, next game is the San Francisco 49ers at the New York Jets. Uh, the Jets, maybe outside of the Browns, um, the worst performance of the week last week. Um, the only difference is they were the you know the Jets were facing the Bills, a good team. The Browns were facing a great team in the Ravens, and uh, the Jets looked absolutely horrific. Lost Le'Veon Bell to injury again. Now Mackay Becton is hurt, um, and uh, they're. Um, uh, Jameson Crowder's hurt now with a hamstring. A lot of hamstring injuries this early in the C. season. CJ Mosley spotted C. at a bar in Alabama. Yeah, because he, he opted out in the season. Um, the Jets just look like a lost cause. Uh, the 49ers, obviously, um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo played the worst half of football of any quarterback last week uh, in the second half. He was absolutely horrific against a very good Cardinals defense, underrated Cardinals defense. Um, but the 49ers are going to bounce back. They were in a position to win that game late. They won't have to do as much against the Jets as they did against the Cardinals to win this game because the Jets just don't have the offensive firepower. Sam Darnold could be a good quarterback, but he can't be a good quarterback under Adam Gase. So I'm going to take uh, the 49ers here. Josh? I'm going to take the 49ers as well. The Jets look like the worst team in the league. Uh, and, and to me, that's not even close to the next team that is uh, similarly bad. Yep. Um, they, they might win one game. Yeah, and if, if Becton, who played a really good game and played through knee pain, which maybe wasn't the best idea uh, as a rookie, if he's out, forget it. Yeah. Forget it, because he was great week one. He was the highest-graded rookie on pro football focus. Um, he, w- he was really good. The second I, I was happy was uh, the Dolphins' left tackle they drafted, Austin Jackson, who played a great game. Didn't give up a single pressure. Um, they had two rookies on the offensive line. Sorry to go back to them quick, but um, Makai Becton was great, but um, I don't see the 49ers losing this. Taylor? Yeah, I got San Francisco. Just yeah. a better team. Nick Bosa's going to have his way. 
Um, all right, next game is the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, impressive victory over the Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. May, probably the worst loss of the week as far as um, position to win and snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, they, Carson Wentz got his ass kicked, sacked eight times. I think um, if you tracked it, six of them weren't his fault, only two of them. Uh, after a great first half, blew a 17-point lead. Um, when you have an offensive line that's getting beat up like that, I don't care who you are back there. Yep. Um, but uh, the Rams are one-and-a-half-point favorites look good offense look good a lot of motion a lot of design to get the ball to jared goof's hand fast so he can't make a bad decision um i like the rams i I don't i don't love them here because the eagles are one of those teams i could see having a bounce back and winning a close game but i'm going to take the rams at home as the one and a half point favorites uh give me philadelphia on the road Um, okay they're gonna have it they are gonna have a bounce back week uh i'm very uncomfortable with this game yeah i I don't i don't like it either i don't like the line one and a half points for either team yeah for a road team i just think that Again, it's just one of those where you just pick one and see what happens. That's what this week is. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia could put it back, could have put it uh, all back together. I mean, Regor looked pretty good. I mean, yeah. and people want to shit talk the Washington football team all they want. They're still a professional football team. And with a good best, head coach, it's one of the best pass rushers in the league already. Yeah, Chase, Chase Young, Young looks amazing. So, already. Uh, yeah, give me the Eagles just on blind. You know, fuck it, Josh. I don't understand the spread in this game when Aaron Donald is going to murder. <laughs> it's well, you got to think you, uh, the home team always gets three points, yeah. so it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's what I think. I think that Aaron Donald is actually going to kill Carson Wentz in this game. Like, so you think this is the game where he die. gets injured? This is going to be the game where he dies. <laughs> he actually dies he on actually the field. It's been a long time. We're due. Um, we got to erase that audio if he does die on Sunday. <laughs> um, the the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Lions with another horrific loss, uh, comparable to maybe just because it was Mitch Trubisky you were facing. Um, it was that bad um, to the. Um, the Chicago Bears, DeAndre Swift dropping the touchdown. Felt bad for the kid because I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, Adrian Peterson looked great, though. Uh, the Packers, really, really impressive victory. Aaron Rodgers looked like prime Aaron Rodgers. He's yeah. throwing the ball all over the field. Uh, their defense looked pretty good. Uh, they're six-point favorites at home. I don't think we have to spend much time on this. Are we all taking the Packers? Yeah, yeah I'll take the Packers. And the biggest thing, too, that I think about it now was um, uh, Aaron Rodgers went against the youngest secondary in the league. No one under, no one over the age of 25. So, yeah. But, you know, it's a bunch of young kids that are still trying to and he shit fucking out. picked them apart and he picked them apart so what do you think is going to happen yeah and you know? Devonte adams is uh, maybe the most underrated receiver in the league because he I, does i would say so. he doesn't get he's he's consistently there i think he's top three in the league over the last four years in receiving dynamic player great route runner great hands well it's one of those things where same thing with jordy nelson same thing with yeah he, oh, there's always some guy that comes out yeah. out of there um so yeah we're all taking the packers don't need to spend too much time uh, next game is the Washington football team with their impressive 17-point comeback against the Arizona Cardinals with a really impressive victory against the 49ers last week. Uh, Cardinals are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, football team, uh, I was really impressed by them, uh, specifically uh, the leadership of Chase, uh, Chase Young, uh, excuse me, Dwayne Haskins, who is very raw. You can see his accuracy is a little off, but his upside is there. The intangibles are there. The leadership is there. Chase Young, as you said, always looks like one of the best pass rushers in the league. Uh, the spin move he put on for his first career sack, forced fumble, was amazing. That, Ridiculous. That agility and power it's, cannot be fucking taught. It's, it's all pro talent. Um, he, he's incredible. He He's probably going to put up some numbers this week. Uh, the Cardinals look nice, though. Their defense looked nice. Patrick Peterson had a great play late in the game when the best throw Garoppolo made in the second half in the end zone where Peterson got beat on a route and he caught up to him in the 
the end zone, and he didn't get called in the pass interference. He didn't turn around, but he just put his hand up and swatted the ball away. Couldn't even see it. It was an amazing play. Um, loved what I saw from um, Kyler Murray. Looked great. Kenyon Drake, I liked what he did. Uh, and obviously, DeAndre Hopkins with an amazing debut. 14 receptions in the game. I think the Cardinals win this one pretty easily. Yeah, I got the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I was a big detractor of Kyler Murray for a while all last season. And going into this game, I was like, I, do, I still don't see it. I'm I, After watching him do watching him do what he did against arguably the, the one of the best defenses in the league. Lines, specifically. It's a plane. Okay. Just yeah. making sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're at war. No, it's uh, a good year, Blimp. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, um, Blimp shouldn't make that I, noise. I'm really but impressed I, with Kyler's ability to know when to take off and not take the big hit. So, he does not get hit a lot. So everyone's saying, like, oh, how much he slides. He slides. Remember, this guy was drafted by the A's. And he's a five, baseball player. And he had a $5 million contract to go play I know, for them I already. watched Daniel Jones slide the other night, and his fucking foot gets caught <laughs> up. Remember when Mark Sanchez on the Jets said they're bringing yeah. Joe Girardi to teach him how to slide, and he still couldn't do it? <laughs> but the other thing, too, is that recently, I think right before the beginning of the season, they uh, they uh, uh, they extended Buda Baker. Who's, yeah, oh, amaz- who's, amazing who's, safety. Who's Going to be an all-pro safety in this league for a very long time. He doesn't make um, he doesn't make like the big turnovers, but he's so sound. He's yes, so fucking sound. He's very good. He's going to be the emotional leader of that defense moving forward. And I really just truly believe that the Cardinals are going to win this game. Not only win, but they're going to cover very easily. Oh, so you're taking Arizona football yes. team, okay, Josh? Arizona football team. I'm taking football team. You're taking football team, okay? It's hard to pick against Ron Rivera with what he did last week. Yeah, it really and, is. You know, uh, I it was just, very I think impressive. I was very impressed with how the team looked. Uh, it's very clear that they that they respect. And they look up to this coach. Um, it's, Rallied around him. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, you had to get an IV at halftime. Yeah. What a fucking animal that you know, dude is. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, you know, he may not be the truth, but uh, he is. He looks good for. He's yep. damn good. Yeah, he's. You I know, mean, he was uh, great at Ohio State. There's, there's great. a lot of. To me, there's a lot of upside on this team, and they, they look. Based on what you've seen through the they first played, week. Well, to be fair, they played a great second half. Their first half was abysmal. The second half was great. So you, you, you'd hope that that's where it kind of gels. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, so. I just like the way they look. Um, you know, if they were playing, you know, a, couple, a handful of other teams, I'd probably pick the other teams. But I, just, I don't know. I just I, I have a good feeling about this team. Okay. Interesting. Uh, next game, I don't know if we have to spend much time in this one. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens at the Houston Texans. Uh, Ravens with a really impressive victory over the Browns. Houston having one good drive against the Chiefs and then looking like ass. Um, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't believe after one touchdown, people were like, maybe the Texans made the right move trading for David Johnson. Shut the fuck up. I'm like, up. he had one good drive. Let's see how he is. Like when you when you were saying Todd Gurley looked good early, I'm like, yeah, but wait, wait a few weeks. You know what I mean? Like, let's wait a few weeks. And also, even if David Johnson's good and he rushes for 1,100 yards, He's not the best running back in the league. You traded arguably one of at least one of the three best receivers in the league and sure. definitely one of the most reliable receivers in the league. Um, so in this game, I think Baltimore is going to win this one easily. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think Lamar, um, Lamar Jackson is going to have a big game. I love the tight end, Mark Andrews. Oh, he is fucking awesome. And him and Lamar have a chemistry. Um, I, I think Ravens win this one easily. I think Ravens win this one easily. Uh, Andrews is right. He's a very good tight end. I mean, Hollywood Brown is a very good wide receiver. Yep. They have such a great offense over there. Well coached um, everywhere. Know, and then bringing in someone didn't uh, didn't they bring in Dobbins over there too? Yeah, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Who was like it was a very underrated pickup. And to help, we still know. haven't seen Calais Campbell unleashed. And right. this is a good matchup on so, that offensive line with Laramie Tunzel out. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking bloodbath. Yeah. Josh. Uh, give Ravens. Okay. I figured we didn't have to spend much time. I don't think we have to spend much time on this game. Um, eight and a half point favorites. Uh, we'll just say, I'll, one, after I say the game, I'll count to three. Um, Kansas City Chiefs at LA Chargers. One, two, three. Chiefs. Chiefs and the points. Yeah. All right. 
<laughs> um, next game, the New England Patriots coming off their win over the Dolphins at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks having a really, really nice game against your Falcons, sadly, but the offense looked good. Um, oh, he threw for 400 yards, um, Russell Wilson, almost 400 yards. Uh, a big number. He threw for a big number, Russell like 380. Wilson. 380. He threw for a pretty big number. Um, uh, and uh, Jamal Adams had a really good game. They're letting him do what he's best at, and that's blitzing, going to the line of scrimmage. Jamal Adams had so many missed tackles from the backside. Yeah. Like, he was... He was on in on almost every single run play from the weak yeah. side. He was ba- he's basically a fourth weak side linebacker, yep. which is irreplaceable. And he and has the swagger in Seattle to kind of recapture. He's having fun. He, he's having fun, but he has that essence. He has again, it's an LSU thing. These LSU guys got a lot of swagger. They got a lot of fire, and they could it could reignite. I'm not saying it's going to be the LLB again, but he has. We haven't seen a guy like that and, in the secondary since Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. And specifically, what you said about him playing like a fourth weak side linebacker, um, I think that's going to be the key against Cam Newton who is going to look to run it. I think the the Seahawks' um, offensive ability and ability to stretch the field specifically is a difference between what they, the Patriots faced in Miami. Seahawks will be able to put up more points. They have better playmakers. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Russell Wilson, um, a very good head coach in Pete Carroll. Obviously, you're facing Bill Belichick. He always has tricks up his sleeve. But um, the last time Cam Newton faced the Patriots, he beat them. Um, so I'm going to uh, – so he – you know, it's one of those things. Russell Wilson? Um, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that like um, that kind of – Quarterback is oh. yeah yeah that that specific thing but uh, I like the Seahawks here I think they're going to be able to um, stop Cam Newton from running the ball too much force him to beat him uh, with his arm which I don't know if he's in a position yet they're going to be able to get to him when he's dropping back to pass and I just don't think the offensive output twenty one points is not going to be enough to beat the Seahawks team. no definitely not especially the way they they, they ran through the Falcons yeah. my big thing <clears throat> that I noticed too I mean obviously you know Metcalf was kind of hit or miss last season yeah. I mean, he had a he had a big season for a rookie but no one really thought he would hit that big because he was a, kind of a later round. Yeah, he was very raw. His route running was limited. Yeah, it's it's very few and far between that I can remember where a wide receiver is going to revitalize and save someone's career. Russell Wilson's a first bout Hall of Famer in my book already. I'd agree. But the addition of DK Metcalf, the addition of Greg Olson, Tyler Lockett already being there. Yeah, there's and the way Chris Carson ran. Oh, he was all over the place. He is incredible. There's too many weapons on offense, not enough stopping power on defense for New England. Um, Give me Seattle and give me the points. Okay, Josh. Uh, Yeah, the Seahawks they can get to the quarterback they have a they have a quarterback who uh who is your new york yankee second baseman i'm not going to really do it this week because it hurts too much okay he's your nor your new york yankee second baseman he shit all over my atlanta falcons <laughs> their head coach is a 9-11 truther i am taking <laughs> the that's Seattle still Seahawks. funny to me all right and the monday night game is the new orleans saints coming off their victory of over the tampa bay buccaneers at the las vegas raiders who beat the panthers um we do know now that the saints will be out without michael thomas for probably at least five to eight weeks yep uh, with a high ankle sprain, um, but uh, the Raiders have a you know nice victory. Their offense looked pretty good against a banged up Panthers defense. Not a very good Panthers defense, um, but there's no real injuries to the Saints defense, and that's the key. They can get to the quarterback. They can defend the pass. They have really fast linebackers and Anzalone. Um, I'm taking the Saints. I think they win this one. Uh, yeah, give me the Saints. Give me the Saints. Give me the points. Um, what is the spread? I actually didn't write that one down. I, I believe it's like six and a half. Six and a half. Let, let me okay. double. Let me see what CBS says. Hold on. All right. Well, actually, no. Uh, five and a half. So yeah. So yeah. Give me the Saints. Give me the points. Um, and give me the over, which is forty nine and a half, because the Saints are going to run roughshod over the fucking Raiders. Um, I will say, Henry Ruggs had a pretty good game. Yes, he did. But you see what the problem is with the speeds. They're like that. Mm-hmm. Their ankle, their knee, anything yep. like that. 
they're basically it's it's not even worth spending any more time on it. But um, I just don't. Derek Carr's not the answer. The only thing you got going on over there really is Josh Jacobs, who had an amazing game last week. Uh, but yeah, the the Saints are too good. They're still the most complete roster in the NFL. Uh, I'd agree, Josh. Uh, yep, can't guard Mike if he's not playing. Uh, give me the Raiders and give me Josh Jacobs. All right. All right. So, okay, we got some different but picks. They, but, he, but Mike Thomas barely played last week, and they still kicked, and they still beat the Bucks fairly handedly. Josh, comment. Tom Brady sucks. That's not true, but it's fine. Taylor, comment. I just I gave you my oh, comment. Oh, fine. All right. All right, guys. Taylor, <laughs> comment. After you comment, comment. <laughs> All right. That was our week two NFL picks. Uh, again, Josh is in the lead after 11-5 week one. Taylor and I tied at 7-9. and nine. Uh, We got some different picks this week, so it'll be interesting to see so, how that bounces back. Yeah, and then also with this week in the NFL, obviously we've been giving betting information. For everyone who decides, you know, I, I, or I've, I've said with my picks, you know, you know, I'll take this. I'll take this team and the points. This team and the points. This team and the points. That's just me giving you advice for this week. For me specifically, this is a prop week, which means I really don't like any of the lines. Yeah, as as these lines are tough. Gambling, um, because it's not even like well, maybe, maybe this is like yeah. it's going one way or the other. So this is a prop week. So the only prop I have um, again is a bit of a long shot, but it's it's the best one I could see. A super boost on Fanduel plus six plus six hundred eighty. Nick Chubb scores the first touchdown of the Browns Bengals game. Um, is it Browns Bengals? Yeah, yeah, Browns Bengals Brown, Thursday night. Browns Bengals game Thursday night. Fifty bucks wins you about three seventy three eighty. Um, I did manage to come out on top last week, um, even though my initial parlay got fucked. Um, but I ended up winning eventually. I did a couple other bets and I made about four or five hundred bucks on some. Very so good, was very nice. good. But Lamar uh, Jackson didn't get a fucking rushing touchdown. No, he, said he threw for he four didn't. touchdowns. No, he didn't. Well, Jerry lost his bet on the, on the Thursday. Awesome. I, I kept Venmoing him. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Jerry fucking sucks. Fuck you, Jerry. Um, all right, guys. This is episode one nineteen. You watch, I listen. Um, the movie pick for this week was Operation Finale, and I gave you the Sunrise Skater Kids, Friendville, Friendville. Seven days a week. All right. Well, did you hear Gilbert Gottfried do it? Who is this doing it? Uh, this is a YouTuber named um, uh, Buff, uh, Buff Carell. Buff Carell. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Later. Goodbye. Give me everything you got for some wet ass pussy. Beat it up, nigga. Take a chop.